with the first pick in the DA draft. Welcome to With the First Pick Podcast. It's awesome to be with you all again. My name is Danny and I am joined by Jose and Taylor. How are you all doing, fellas? Danny, Taylor, I feel like the Lakers right now. I'm just, I'm limping in. I'm limping into the playoffs. I just want the playoffs to start already, you know, like dragging. Let's just get it started. We're almost there. We're almost there. Let's just get the playoffs started. <laughs> limping into the podcast here. Nice, Jose. <laughs> doing just fine, Danny. Happy to be here. Okay, so, fellas, you want to start with some NBA news uh, before we start recapping this week of basketball. Unfortunately, today we are going to start with some injuries because that was a big part uh, of what occurred this week. First of all, we found out that Jonathan Isaac suffered a torn ACL in his left knee. Uh, That's tough news. Uh, He missed 31 games due to knee problems during the year. It's going to be a tough rehab for him. So that's really unfortunate for the Magic. I I know that there was a lot of folks coming into this bubble that were really excited to see Jonathan Isaac play. Uh, So that's a real bummer. In addition to Jonathan Isaac, another team um, saw one of their young stars go down. Jaron Jackson Jr. had a meniscus tear in his left knee as well. He had to have surgery. He is also done for the season. And maybe the biggest news this week, Ben Simmons had a subluxation of the patella, and he elected to have surgery on his left knee to remove a loose body. But that means, according to Woj, that he's unlikely to return. And that means that he might be lost for the rest of the season. That means no more Ben Simmons. To top it off today, we don't know the status of this quite yet. But Joel Embiid left the game with an ankle sprain for the 76ers today. It didn't look too serious, so we hope he's okay. But uh, that Ben Simmons is a loss is, is huge. Um, it's pretty significant for the 76ers. There was a lot of question marks about them, but this is um, huge news in terms of what that means for their playoff run. We will get more into this uh, here in a second when we recap our teams. Um, In addition to that, other bubble news, the Wizards, Kings, and Pelicans have been officially eliminated from the bubble. In fact, the Wizards were so bad that they lost and dropped down behind Charlotte. Charlotte is not ahead of them, even though they're not in the bubble. So that, that was newsworthy this week. The only other news in terms of playoff implications was the Lakers and the Milwaukee Bucks both clinched the number one seed for their respective conferences. So the number one seeds are locked, and those were clinched this week. Uh, With that being the major NBA news, fellas, we are going to cover and talk a little bit more uh, about these details um, as we recap our teams. Prior to the bubble starting, what we did here on the podcast was we selected five teams each in terms of who we felt would be competitors or competitive teams. That is the way that we will sort of recap the NBA action uh, throughout this bubble and into the playoffs. So I'm going to start first. The Lakers, to me, obviously as a Laker fan, have been at the forefront of my mind. I've been really disappointed. I don't know what to make out of the team at this point. Since the All-Star break, they were, they've been the number one defensive rated team, which is good. But the drawback of that is they have been last in offensive rating. I'm trying not to overreact because a lot of folks have been saying, you know, this is just part of the bubble, them getting acquainted. But to me, this was happening already, you know, when the season was still going on. It seemed like their offense was stalling. There are significant concerns for me there. 
people this week talked about how LeBron said that there was something kind of going on behind the scenes and he'd rather not discuss. And it was kind of ominous. So you see things like that happening, but then you see the guys having fun and having a madding competition. (laughs) So um, I don't know what to think here. I have concerns. Uh, I have concerns that they might just seem to not be caring right now. And Frank Vogel putting lineups out there that don't make sense, playing people that are random out there in terms of lineups, like the, the offense looking terrible. I, I don't know, guys. I don't know what else to say. I, I think maybe it's a little bit of, of a biased perspective here, but what, what has been your guys' thoughts so far on the Lakers? Yeah, I mean, as another Laker fan, things are a little concerning. I want to also fo- focus a little bit more on some positives that I've seen, right? LeBron's still LeBron. Hopefully he still has that, has that next gear that we've seen him in other playoffs. We get a little spark from Taylor Horton Tucker. We'll see that if that will actually last in the playoffs. A little bit better Kuzma defense. Those are my only three positives so far. All right. Yeah. <laughs> even as a Laker like- fan, Jose, I feel like two of those are not even that. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, not, Jose, you sound I, like I the Jalen. <laughs> yeah. Or yeah, you're like on our team in our rotation. Hey, hey you guys all. know I'm already limping in. All right. All right. No, Jose, you're like the team parent after they've lost for the fifth time. Going well. Yeah. You know, Jimmy, you had us five rebounds today. Like, great <laughs> job. Hey. You know, and Tyler, you actually made a layup. That was so awesome. You know, <laughs> Quinn Cook, yeah, you did so yeah, well. You know, yeah, continue, uh, Jose. Yeah. I just thought I was being yeah. super critical over here. Then I heard. No, reading. I just I, now I feel like I'm being. But it's also I'm the situation just right. I, I'm trying to be to think think about it in all aspects, you know, just knowing that we have clinched and trying to take these games seriously, but at the same time, like, are they experimenting? But there's things that are concerning, right? The the biggest concern is their three point shooting. Where is it coming from? And guys that were shooting well before the bubble have come into the bubble and have not shot it well. Specifically, KCP and Danny Green, KCP having to take the starting spot from A.B. Bradley, who's not in the bubble, they just haven't looked good. Like, when I look at Danny Green, I feel like he's – I know he, he sat out with a hip issue, but he's just gingerly running, like, everywhere. Like, doesn't seem fully healthy. The other concern for me is A.D. In the wins, he's been great, right? But then in these losses, there's just things that I've seen where I'm like, I haven't seen you do this all season. Like, you're starting, you're starting sets with him running and being the primary ball handler – at the top of the key when like he's usually getting it at the elbow or being the role man and pick and rolls. And I think that's because a, a big part of him actually succeeding in the, in the regular season was Rajon Rondo. And we, we make fun of Rondo at times, but the Lakers have been bad without a backup point guard. They had to bring Quinn Cook in the starting point guard role this week because LeBron wasn't in there. And they had Deion Waiters backing him up in the other game. They miss Rondo pretty bad, and he's actually going to ha- mean something, and he's actually beneficial to Anthony Davis's success. But I think that that captures my concern, right? Like, I don't doubt what you're saying, Jose, that they either try and engage and experiment, but to me, you, you can't, man, no, you, can't, I, I, you, know, I you can't underestimate, like, yeah. you can't just assume, like, there's going to be a switch, yeah. and all of a sudden we're going to be so good. Because yeah. to your point, we can't, we, the thing that we can't hide <laughs> is when you have your guys not hitting wide open threes. Yeah. Some of these threes are wide open. They're not making them. You know, when we're saying things like, we got to rely on Rondo, to me, like, oh, man, like, that just feels... It's not bad. It's not a rely. It's just, like, those 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 LeBron-less... Like, when LeBron's off the court, that's when... It's, those are terrible minutes for us, you know? Yeah. And I think if you look at the, the all the teams in the bubble, it's like the Lakers got a little worse, and all these other teams got a lot better, and then they just... 
closing in on the gap. So yeah, and I think that we'll see, they may they may need a, a little longer to. to well, to and I think we we had good momentum in the season, and I feel like felt like the break was going to help us. But but to your point, I think you're right, Jose. I think it's helped other teams because I think when I when I look at all these teams, I I think if there's two teams that you know are actually playoff contending teams. The two that that worry me most are are two of the teams on my team, the 76ers and the Lakers, who offensively just look terrible. But Taylor, you you've been quiet here. I, I know you're ready. <laughs> what no, are I what mean, are we like, blind to? What are the Laker fans here missing, Taylor? What are we not seeing? No, I love just eating my popcorn, listening to your therapy <laughs> session here, trying to think through reasons why. So the reality is, we don't know how much of this is. Hey, we clinched. And how much, you know, is that gear they're going to turn on? I think Jose talked about it. The concern is they're shooting. They just haven't shot the ball, shot the ball well. And that's not something that you can all of a sudden, oh, we're just going to shoot great. There's other things that they can do to be more focused and they can come in and things will change. But they got to find a way to shoot. Obviously, the defense is still there. They're still a good defensive team. I'm not as concerned with the eight seed. I think it's more of a concern here. Are they the best team in the West? And they haven't even looked like a top four or five team in the West through the first, you know, week and a half of bubble games. So, you know, it's been fun. I think they can still turn it on. I'm not as concerned about the Blazers or the Grizzlies or the, you know, the Suns or the Spurs in that first round matchup. But I would definitely be concerned about, okay, that second and third round, are we the best team? They, they don't look like it. And we're really just banking on, hey, LeBron just shuts it down a little bit because he's, he's he's preparing his mind and his body to get ready to go when the playoffs start because he's done that in the past. But if he doesn't have that gear or Anthony Davis isn't as dominant as he can be, um, the Lakers won't be in the bubble long. Here's one thing I want to say too, with them being in the bubble and playing all their games in Orlando, these games help role players more than they help stars. You know, role players are going to be the ones who are, they don't get, they don't get, fixated on the crowd noise over here you know so guys that don't normally show up are going to show up in a lot of these games and the lakers role players are some of the worst compared to other teams so other teams have better role players and i think they're going to have a better impact and i think that's why what's more difficult in this bubble you know because normally you have teams playing on the road and then you see that these young guys when they play on the road they don't normally do so well and the stars are the ones that are going to shine but now that they're all playing in one court like you're gonna see that you're gonna see a lot more competitive games that you don't normally see. Like normally you're gonna see eight seed, uh, one seeds dominating eight the eight seeds. I don't think you're gonna see that in the playoffs. You know you're gonna have a lot more competitive games um, in the playoffs because of this. You know I hope you're right, and and that's what, I mean. And maybe I'm more of a, of a pessimist generally, but I I think for you know when I look at for example the Bucks who also have clinched, even in their games that they're messing around or Giannis is not going full strength, they're still doing well you know, they still look really good. And so for me, I'm hoping what you're saying is true, that the Lakers can just hit the switch. I'm just, I would feel <laughs> very angry if they're miscalculating uh, their plan here. But you know what? You know, I'll, I'll, I'm, not, I'm not panicking. I'm not panicking. But if we get into the playoffs and we start struggling, a lot of it will be to, due to kind of how they're approaching these bubble games, you know? So let's jump into to my other teams. These will be kind of quick. Uh, the Celtics and the Mavericks, all I have to say about uh, these two teams is I'm impressed by their young stars with the Celtics, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum continuing to play well. Uh, Celtics have a four and two record. Dallas, even though they're two and three, I mean, they beat the Bucks uh, the other night and man, the, the amazing numbers and Luka just balling. Again, not only Luka, but their other young star, Przingis, looking really, really solid. Um, that trade is looking worse and worse for the New York Knicks. He just looks smooth. His three-pointer looks nice. 
Uh, Porzingis looks looks good. And so, fellas, with the Celtics and, and, and the Mavs, you know, I, I think the Celtics, I, I can see them. I don't know how well they, they'll do in the playoffs, but I do think that whoever faces them is not going to get an easy matchup. It's going to be competitive every single game. So I, I like what I'm seeing from those two teams. The future at those two, you know, for those two franchises looks bright in light of their young guys. Well, the Mavs have to play the Clippers, or right now it's looking at the Clippers, but we'll see there. But if the Celtics play the Sixers, they're going to beat the Sixers, you know, um, without Ben Simmons. So we'll see. Before that, that series looked really interesting. You know, they played each other in the playoffs before, but um, the Celtics should have the advantage if Ben Simmons isn't playing for the Sixers and Embiid. So we'll see. Yeah, they look, they've looked good. They got some young stars. I don't know how long the Mavs will be around, but the Celtics could easily be Eastern Conference, even NBA Finals. So it'll be fun uh, to see where they go. 76ers uh, are the other team here for me, and uh, just tough, tough with them losing Simmons. You know, I I think in this podcast, we have not been shy to share our concerns around uh, the 76ers and just how they looked and um, at times kind of, disorganized or, or kind of not really finding an identity as a team. And now with, with losing Simmons, you're, you're going to need other guys to step up, whether it be D'Anthony Melton, um, Al Horford to step in for, for points. And so, yeah, I'm not sure right now uh, how the 76ers are going to sort of make up for that. Uh, I don't know what that's going to mean kind of for their team chemistry and, and, and their schemes, but I think they went from possibly contending to these to, to maybe – you know, probably having three or four other teams ahead of them in terms of who you might pick over them. So any thoughts on the 76ers specifically in light of, you know, today even losing Embiid maybe for some time with, with an ankle injury? And It's sad. I mean, they won three in a row prior, right? So, like, they seemed like they were, they were getting it. They are starting to figure things out, and then the injuries came. So it's a little bummer. Yeah, I mean, they're the sixth seed, Danny. So, I mean, there's already at least five teams <laughs> that are in better shape over the, the the course of the regular season. I think there was this thought maybe they could turn it on, everyone healthy and focused. But Ben Simmons being out, it's not great. Hopefully that body wasn't too big in his knee. <laughs> that yeah. loose body. I don't know how big that was, but that's not great <laughs> to have a body in there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, a little, yeah. little joke there. But um, – <laughs> Yeah, Danny, when you said that, I was like, loose body. Well, how That's did what everyone a, was saying, yeah. How did he get a body in there? Yeah, the everyone <laughs> likes those, those uh, that foul, what's it, foul Pelini or whatever? Yeah. That guy's funny. Yeah. Uh, I think I, he always does, like, makes jokes like that. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not Taylor great. But you know what, nice maybe they'll, joke. but Taylor you know what, nice yeah. <laughs> but, but maybe they'll come together. Like, maybe, like, Simmons and Embiid don't play well together, and maybe, like, now that they can – don't have to worry about Ben Simmons. They can space the floor a little bit better with shooting. Maybe like, who knows? I mean, they are, they're pretty much locked in to play the Celtics. It looks like, unless somehow they find a way to jump into that four or five seed. Now, if they get the Celtics, I still think that'll be a fun series, whether or not Ben Simmons plays, because I think the Sixers still have a, a gear defensively that not, not all teams have. So, and I know Ben Simmons was a big part of that, but I don't know. It should be fun. I still think in the bubble, anything can happen. So. They were a sixth seed, and you know, obviously, I was hoping for them to play for their, to the ceiling. But you know, when, when the matchups line up and they have the Celtics, I feel like <laughs> that's going to be a tough out, you know, for for either team. Uh, lastly, here and then, this is going to help us sort of transition to those ace teams. I have the Portland Trailblazers. They are now four and two, and they are in great position 
uh, to make the playoffs here. Uh, they've been really good. Dame has been really good. They are now in the ninth seed. They're a half game behind the eighth seed, and the Memphis barely clinging onto that. But yeah, if somehow the, the Blazers are able to make it to that eighth seed, I think they're going to be obviously in a good position uh, to, to make the playoffs here. But Dame has been awesome. Uh, and I guess the only drawback this week was Dame missing those two huge free throws that lost them a game, the game against the like Clippers secondary team and the Clippers making fun of them on the bench and mocking Dame time. And so, you know, Portland is still in a good position, but Jose kind of speaking to that, what, what did you think about uh, Dame and your Clippers and all that happened on Twitter? Well, I mean, I, I chose the Clippers on my team as one of my teams, but I, I think I told, I told you guys in the previous podcast that Dame's my guy. You know, Dame's my favorite player. So right now, um, I mean, those guys are just haters, man. I mean, Paul, Paul George, <laughs> Paul George, Patrick Beverly. I get it. Like, I think Paul, Paul George mentioned that, you know, he's still been farther than Dame Lillard has ever been. You know, I think because Paul George went to Eastern Conference Finals. I mean, you're playing in, you're playing in the weak East back then. Compared yeah. to what what well, game has had to go through, Lillard was in the Western Conference Finals last year. But yeah, that's they've they've yeah. pretty much gone to the same place. Okay, then yeah, then even even <laughs> even so, yeah. yeah. Well, well, maybe well maybe uh, Paul George ha- actually took him to like a game seven. <laughs> the Blazers <laughs> well, were were swept. That's true. Yeah. yeah so, um, well, yeah, I mean, I think Dame is a primary number one star. Like, I, I don't know if Paul George is that. I think he's a really great number two, you know, so like. Wait, what we said Paul George is a great number two? Yeah. yeah. You don't think he's a star? That's exactly what you're saying, Taylor. I think, I mean, he, he, he was <laughs> I, great. I totally he, he was, disagree. He was great <laughs> last year. He was great last year. He's great this year. What, he hasn't been great yeah. this year? Have you but watched you, him? You've so been he, watching him. He's been great. Yeah, I don't think he could be the best player on your team and win a championship. Oh really? I think he could on the right team. It's not gonna be. It's gonna be hard. I mean, he might be the second best player with Kawhi Leonard, and they might not win a championship. It's just hard to yeah. win a championship. Yeah, but I, I just think Dame has shown more with less talent all throughout his career. Yeah, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm a Dame <laughs> fan too. I'm a Dame fan too. What did you think, Taylor, when you saw the Twitter? What those Pacers teams were super great that when they went to the yeah, Taylor, you're the biggest Roy Hibbert <laughs> fan. You should know. <laughs> <laughs> I just disagree. I mean, like, I just think, I mean, obviously, Paul George, I think his career's not over yet. And I think the reality is the only reason Lillard had a good, like, but you he had to go through the Lillard's Nuggets. Better, like, right? Well, mind you. Do I think Lillard's better? Taylor, uh, Taylor, I don't Taylor think does, it's that Taylor, clear cut. Taylor does not like Dave Millard. Wait, what are you Dave talking about? Why don't I like I, <laughs> You're still bitter from him getting the game winner against the I'm Rockets. Not like, I'm like, not what? bitter. I don't get bitter. He's a great player. Yeah, I, just, I think you get better. I don't think I don't think he's better than Paul George. Just, I mean, at the same time, I don't know if Paul George is Taylor, better. Taylor, I've never heard this blasphemy for Dame Litter come out of you. You think you wouldn't Have take, you watched you Paul take, George the last two years? He's been yeah, unbelievable. No, like I, I want to give Paul George credit. I think I, no, he's good. This, but this argument is like really hard because well, you have they like, couldn't even beat the Clippers second team yesterday, and they barely beat the Sixers today. I mean, he had to score fifty points, but I mean, it's not like their teams like he's making their team so great that they're winning all these games in the bubble that they have to win. So I mean, he, could, if, he couldn't if, beat the Clippers when the Clippers were like, "Please win this game so you can so play if the." You Lakers. had to pick one. You're saying you wouldn't pick Dame. Like, oh, so let's say it's like a draft and I had to pick yeah. who I wanted. Yeah, I'd pick Paul George. Yeah. Wow. I did not from, know From what I've seen the last two years. audience, this is the first time me and Jose are here. From what I've seen the last two years, I would rather have Paul George than I, Dave. I mean, I, I understand it. I, I think this arg- the argument's tough because, like, we're t- 
Wait, you, uh, so you think it? So you're sort of thinking I'm not crazy? No, I, I just thought I, I was no, crazy I, a minute ago. No, I understand where you come oh. from because it's re- re- recency bias, right? Like sure. Dame Lillard had a great showing, like this season and also like in the postseason last year, right? You know, and 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 because he beat Paul George with him hitting the jumper, so then there's also that. But like you also want to take in the whole career, right? Of what they've done. You could look at what Paul George has done in Indiana, what he also did in OKC. So, but just to... even if we were doing next year, like let's say we're drafting for next yeah, year, if, if and he's only Paul year... George is healthy, he's not coming off like a shoulder surgery or anything like that. And you said, hey, you're, you know, we're gonna pick the, you're gonna start your team, not fantasy, just start my team. I would pick Paul George ahead so, of David. Well, when we say when we say healthy, though, right? Are we saying like we're also taking into account that they're older, right? At the same time, one year older, like they're not, they may have also already hit their peak. I don't care. I just I want Paul. I think Paul healthy? George is a better player. Next week, so that, next that's, where, that's where I disagree. I would take Dave Miller next year over Paul George. But if you're talking about like overall who's had a better career so far, I can understand the argument. No, I think Paul George is a better player today than Dave Miller is today. That's what I'm saying. Dang. Like today, uh, like like who's a better player? I think it's Paul George. So I'm not even convinced that Kawhi him. Leonard is better than Paul George. I'm not convinced. <laughs> I'm not as confident. But I think oh, Paul. Oh my gosh. Just that's fine. Look, I'm going out on a limb. I love I had Paul no George. idea. Did you know that uh, Taylor loved PG this much? I did not. Paul know. George was oh, man. really. He's really, really good. He's really good. Now, obviously, <laughs> I don't know. He's, what do they call him? Playoff Paul? I don't know if he's playoff Paul. I don't know if he's that because they lost to the Jazz or whatever after he said that. But he hasn't been as clutch in some moments as Daimler's been clutch. But I mean, at the same time, he has had some big moments and big plays. And from a talent standpoint, I think he's more talented. <laughs> do, you, do you think he gets his teammates to play better than Dame Lillard? Well, what Dame Lillard, what, does he make his team better? Again, I just I think so you, like, have you watched those these last two days? I don't think he's making his teammates I mean, so much we, better. Are, am I going to take everything in these last two games? He did, they, they won today. I'm talking about the whole like, – Look, the there's only seasons. a certain amount of player, t- players in the NBA who make their player, teams better. Paul, LeBron James, right. James Harden, <laughs> Luka Doncic. Those are like the four Like in, the, in my mind where I'm like, okay, these guys are making their teams way better. Damian Lillard is not on that list. He's just a star, but he's not like a, I'm making my team better you know man that's a, that's a trip i didn't how many know assists, you does he even average so like more than five assists does he even average five assists a game lillard oh my gosh how I many assists it. does he average <laughs> six seven uh, he's a great shooter oh man taylor okay <laughs> you, you 29 don't... 29 and eight assists this this season right impressive <laughs> and they're not a playoff team and they're not a playoff team. Not so. impressive enough, though. All right. Yeah, I mean, they're All not right. a playoff team. <laughs> All so. right, Taylor, stop, stop, the, stop distracting Jose from the rest of his teams. All right. What did you think of your teams this week, Jose? It, it's tough to make because I had the, the Bucks and the Clippers, right? Because, like, it's tough to see, to kind of think through, like, if, if they're really playing their hardest. I know they, they did sit some guys out, like, late in game. So it kind of shows that they're preparing for the postseason. So, but the other – my other teams, Nuggets and Pacers, you have two breakout guys in both teams with the Nuggets, with Michael Porter Jr. It's also good to see Jamal Murray back for the Nuggets. I know they really needed him. Um, we made fun of the fact that they had uh, a five-center lineup starting in the exhibition games but because they had no point guard, and now he's, he's back playing. But we, Michael Porter Jr. has emerged. It's kind of making me think, like, in the future, what are they going to do? Is he going to be the main guy in Denver, or is it still going to be Jokic? I, I, we're still going to lean Jokic, but he's, he's <laughs> shown some great flashes. Um, Pacers with TJ Warren, it's it's been uh, it's been a revelation to get TJ Warren and see what he's doing. He had 53 point game, a 34 point game, a 32 point game. He had a 16 point game, but then he had he followed it up with a 39 point game against the Lakers, and they beat the Lakers yesterday. 
So um, the Pacers seem to be playing well. I don't know if Sabonis will be back for the playoffs, but I'm hoping he'll be back if they get out of the first round. So a few things, Jose, before you, yeah. I know you can trip to the Grizzlies, but uh, I just want to say with Giannis, I mean, he's looked so good. I, I've been able to watch Giannis up close. Like I've watched all the Bucks games. He just looks so, so good. And, and that team looks really, really strong. So I, I'm beginning to, I'm beginning to buy the hype. Just Giannis, the, the way he can control a game and just take over an offense is, has been really impressive. Uh, with the Nuggets, I, I'm not at the point <laughs> where I would be comparing to Jokic. Yeah. Cause I don't think they're even settled on like him starting over their other you know, guys there. So Danny, I'm can still... I just, Danny, can I just, I'm just laughing over here. Jose, you sit at, you just watched three, four games of Michael Porter Jr. And you think he's already, is he the guy that the Nuggets, forget Jokic, let's just trade him. Porter Jr. is the, I never, that's I, never I never said trade him. Like there's going to be debates hey, we, we, here. We, like, we still got the yeah, Gary Harris right, debate. Right, 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 you're, you're saying it now, right? So like two years from now, we'll see. Or maybe even next year, we'll see. Is Jok- I mean, are they going to regret signing Oche- Jokic to that big deal after watching the bubble uh, Porter Jr. here? Um, but no, I will say this. The Jazz uh, Nuggets game was fantastic, and oh, Jamal Murray being back was important and impressive, right? He played very well. Um, seeing Eric Bledsoe back for the Bucks was good. You can see they're starting to get settled in. I think they'll be in good shape. And then obviously the Pacers, they look great. And I, I was the one that's been really down on them. I didn't like them at all. I think I told you in the bubble draft, I wasn't a big fan of them. And then Sabonis got hurt and I was like, yeah, Jose, I told you. And they've been fantastic. And TJ Warren has been maybe the MVP of the bubble so far. And I think we're, we're going to talk, maybe talk about this a little bit later. We're just so excited for TJ Warren, Butler, that little ri- mini rivalry there to see if TJ Warren really is going to elevate to the next level or, or yeah, Butler so, will, you know, so where, you, be fun. So, so where do you think this goes with TJ Warren? Like, I mean, what do you think he is as a player? Like, is he a 20-point scorer or is he going to revert back? Or I know he's, Do you know what I think he's going to be? I think he's going to get signed by, like, someone like the Hornets for a bunch of money. Maybe not the Hornets. Maybe, like, another franchise for, like, the Knicks. They're going to throw, like, $80 million on him. And then <laughs> he'll, he average, free, he he'll average, like, 20 to 25 points a game, and they'll be awful still because he's not someone who can make your team. Like, is he a free agent? Average. That's what I think. He'll get hurt, like, halfway through the next season. I just yeah, like I his – I, I like his yeah, – he he's pretty efficient, though, when he shoots. Though, I think, so, I think yeah. the Suns traded him – just for cash because I don't yeah, think they yeah, use in their long-term plans. And so like, Hey, let's get a pick, you know, this is his last year. And then maybe the pace were saying, Hey, you know, we don't have to take this big deal and he's a free agent next year. But now they're like, Oh wait, he's really good. Great. Do we even have the money? So it'll be fun to see. He's making himself a lot of money. So good for him. Yeah. Jose uh, and Taylor, if you want to jump in on this. So do, do you think that uh, Michael Porter jr. Now, do, would you put him in the lineup over Gary Harris and Will Barden, some of those guys that they're still trying to figure out where they fit into the lineup. I, I'm, this is not the Michael Porter. I don't want to say it's because I'm I'm on the Michael Porter Jr. hype train, but I just also don't think that Gary Harris and Will Barden Jr. that fits as like a two three. You know what I mean? Because I think they're both twos. So I think Michael Porter Jr. fits more as like a small forward who can actually guard bigger wings. And Gary Harris has had a terrible year. I know he's a better de- defender, but I think they're more more likely to go to him because Will Barden is more like a six man, but but they need to keep um, Porter in the lineup. Yeah, I don't think it matters, Danny. I think I think the the Nuggets are deep enough, and that who's ever playing the best, they're going to get the minutes anyway. And I think Malone will he'll make sure that those players are there. So whether Barton or Harris they start or they come off the bench, I don't think it'll matter either for Porter Jr. Either he can come off the bench, light it up, and he'll get the minutes. You need guys who are going to be able to make a basket um, when they're called upon, and I think. If you put those types of guys around Jokic, I think that's what's going to make even Jokic better. So 
Michael Porter Jr. has been doing a good job of that so far in the bubble, so hopefully that continues. Jose, Grizzlies, barely hanging on. Your last team here, 1-5. and five. How are you feeling about that? Well, I think they just need one more win, right? Like I, I was looking at it. Um, if they win one, I think they eliminate San Antonio, and then they'll be in the, the play-in with, with the Blazers um, or, if the, or San Antonio takes over for the Blazers. So they just need one more win. I think the Bucks are going to give them that win. You know, Mike Budenholzer is going to give uh, Taylor Jenkins a solid. And, uh, but, yeah, I mean, Jaron Jackson Jr. was so good. When I watched the first three games, I'm like, man, this guy is so good. Like, he could be, like, a top ten player in the league one day. And then his injuries was really bad. So, um, as a Laker fan, I want the, <laughs> I want the Grizzlies to get the eight seed. So, uh, just- we'll see. They just gotta win. They just gotta find a way to get the eight seed, right? Because yeah. then they have to. They only have to win one of two, and then they, it's yeah. yeah then they, they, they just they just need to get into the nine seed too. Like they just need to get into the play in either way, either one. So it's gonna be tough. I mean, they're tough. I mean, losing JJJ does not help, um, yeah. especially because they were struggling when he was still in the lineup. Um, but hopefully they can find a way. They're in, they're still in good shape. I think yeah. the Blazers losing on Saturday was really good for them, and the fact that. You know, the Pelicans, all these teams are just losing. <laughs> so the Suns are the only team not losing. You didn't mention them. They're probably the team that's come up the quickest. Yeah. I think maybe they, they might have just started too far back. Yeah. That's the chance. So we'll see. So, Jose, uh, I am currently 15 and 13 overall. My, my team's here that I picked for the bubble. You're 15 and 14. Taylor is currently 15 and 11. Taylor, what did you make of your teams this week? Yeah, so I, I was the first one of all of us to, to lose a team. So losing mm. the Pelicans was a bummer, especially because we talked about the pick last week and the Pelicans beat the Grizzlies on Monday and how, hey, you know, we got this momentum and they were just awful the rest of the week. I mean, maybe they beat the Wizards, but who hasn't beat the Wizards? So, I mean, they were disappointing. I think Lonzo Ball did not have a good bubble. Some of the other guys didn't play great. And, you know, Zion, I don't know if he was ready you know, just ramp up and all that. So that was a little bit frustrating on that standpoint. But, you know, their odds of doing much in the playoffs wasn't high anyway. The Rockets and the the Heat and the Raptors and the Thunder, they all had solid weeks, nothing too crazy. I think they all lost a game and won some games. And so they, they stayed healthy. It'll be nice to see, I think, seeding-wise, where the Rockets and Thunder go. I, I, it looks like they might both be 4-5, which would be a bummer for me because I'd rather them not have to meet in the first round. But either way, as long as the teams continue to look competitive, you know, <laughs> that'll be they'll be fine. So Yeah, and congratulations to James Harden and Russell Westbrook. They are officially the highest-scoring duo in NBA history post-merger. Um, with the ABA, they finally surpassed Kobe and Shaq. <laughs> Dana, we, ta- we talked about they didn't finally surpass. They've already they've been ahead of them all year, pretty much, and now they've just clinched the fact that they won't drop below them. I told so again, you that they finally <laughs> officially surpassed Kobe and Shaq in 0203. the greatest duo of all time. And, and then uh, let, let's talk about maybe. Um, well, Dan, can I say one thing? The yeah. they said like James Harden last year with like Capella was like the fourth highest scoring dude. Anyone with James Harden is going to be a high scoring dude when you're just leading the league in scoring. So, yeah. but continue. I just want to highlight Kobe and Shaq there. Yeah, this week Rockets uh, fans were celebrating that, and then we're just 
all bitter because everyone loves Luka Doncic more than James Harden. So yeah. we just we'd all get upset that they love all of his highlights, these, even though Harden does the same thing. You know, these Rocket fans are so petty, and Taylor is the epitome <laughs> of that. James but Harden is good. James Harden is good at that. Uh, between the legs, passing the big man on the roll. Just so. like Brian Windhorst, he's like, "Hey, who's this Luka guy? He's doing things I've never seen before." You know, <laughs> he's first team All NBA. James uh, Harden, he has better stats and everything, but I just like Luka more, so he's first team. All right, Dan, continue. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, speaking of Rocket pettiness, Garrett Temple said that the Rockets and the Nets were at the pool at the resort, and the Rockets told them how to beat Giannis and the Bucks and gave them some tips, and the Nets were able to do it. What's your take on that, Taylor? <laughs> yeah, they probably told them to make a bunch of three-pointers and <laughs> you know play good defense. I mean, it's pretty. It would probably be fun to see what the bubble life is. They probably run into each other all the time. All these teams, and they're know. you know because you never know what they're doing, right? But I love Playing it. Madden I mean, if you're the Lakers. So. Yeah, I'd love it. It's great way to help them out. <laughs> so nice. Just that, that hate for Giannis and the Bucks, man. I, yeah, I don't know if they I can't hate emphasize that enough. They just focus on themselves. The Rockets are just focused on being the best version of themselves going into the playoffs. And hopefully they don't implode. Because like, if they do, social media will be relentless. Taylor, do you think the Rockets are like the most humble team, keep to yourself team in the bubble? or, or like, You know what I mean? No, I think what happened – oh, in the, in the bubble. Uh, no, I don't think so. They're pretty, they're pretty fun guys. I mean, Russ is really well-liked probably more like than Harden and stuff. I mean, they've got guys on there who've been on multiple different teams. If anyone needs like shoe advice or shoes, they can probably go to, to Tucker and he can tell them like, you know, he can maybe sell them to them if they need some, you know, a pair or whatnot. So I don't know though. They probably, the teams probably all stick to themselves anyway. Maybe who, who, so they don't spread COVID. I don't know. Who's been the most impressive role player for you guys so far in the bubble, you think? Oh, Ben McLemore for sure. Uh, I mean, he's just been – maybe the best shooter the Rockets have ever had with Harden. And he's been absolutely lights out. And if he's hitting 40 to 50% of his three-pointers, the Rockets are going to be in really good shape, especially if Jeff Green and Tucker, if they can just hit a few of those corner threes and then McLemore can run around and hit those, especially if you're going to double Harden the minute he gets across half court, those guys got to hit threes. And if they do and Russ gets downhill, the Rockets are going to be really tough. Dang. Ben McLemore, best shooter that James Harden has ever played with on the Rockets. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> Barely better than Francisco Garcia and <laughs> and Ryan Anderson and Trevor Risa. I don't know. Who are who are some of these other great shooters the Rockets have had? <laughs> Maybe Chandler Parson. I don't know. On to Eunice. Yeah. <laughs> but Taylor averages. But Taylor, all that to say, I think your, your teams have looked solid. I mean, what CP3 continues to do with the Thunder has been really good. The Heat are two and three, but every I've seen all the Heat games too. Man, they're just really well coached. They have a lot of guys who know how to play, and I feel like they're also going to be a tough out. And we we've said this enough. The Raptors just look really solid. They're four and one currently. So um, I, I do want to talk briefly here about the Pelicans because we're not going to talk about them anymore. Uh, yeah, I think that's just a huge letdown. That in some ways, a lot of how the schedule was made was was really to help them get in. But to your point, Taylor, it looked like. They, they didn't really want it, right, that, that from that first game where they had a chance to win and Zion was limited. And even Zion just doesn't look like he's in shape, um, to be quite honest. And it, doesn't seem, it seems like he regressed by all accounts and people reporting on it. Um, but some of the guys look bad. I, I think B.I. sort of still impressed me. I've seen him be more aggressive. But guys like Lonzo Ball, kind of Josh Hart, 
Um, even JJ Reddick, Favor- yeah, yeah like, they just didn't look yeah. good. I think I think that's the position they need to upgrade the most is their center position. I didn't like what I saw from Derek Favors. Yeah. Yeah, they probably just need as much shooting. Every every team needs shooting, right? Um, and then obviously defensively, they were just absolutely awful. I mean, and they weren't even playing great teams. I mean, these are like, <laughs> you know, like the Spurs, the Kings. Kings. Yeah, these aren't <laughs> yeah. even like good teams. It's a little frustrating. I think the first game, though, Danny did set the tone. I think when they didn't bring Zion in and then they blew that first game. Absolutely. Yeah. I think they never really, you know, if Ingram hits that three-pointer in game one, maybe it's a different story. Yep. But they've definitely been probably one, if not the most disappointing team. And just seeing what the Phoenix Suns are doing being the last undefeated team, Devin Booker being absolutely sensational and just that group looking like they're gelling together and Monty Williams being like, really feeling like he's doing a great coaching job there and what the Pelicans could have been. It's really a, it's a letdown. Yeah. The Suns, I mean, the Suns have impressed us all. It, 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 what you said earlier about them, it's kind of a bummer that they, that they, they, they started so behind because, you know, even if they, they win like the next few games, maybe if they only drop one, like that could be it for them. Um, so that's that's really hard. I, I don't know the exact math. I don't know if you know it, Jose, but yeah, I think that that would be that's kind of a bummer. And, and even when you see some of the stats, like this is the first time that Booker has won like four games in a row, five games in a row in his whole career, right? It's just like man. And then you see Draymond getting fined for <laughs> telling him that he needs to get the heck out of Phoenix, right? And so yeah, I mean, it's been impressive to see them. Uh, do what they've been uh, doing. And even the Spurs, I I was talked by the Spurs, you know, the Spurs, we kind of felt maybe with their injuries that they've had to deal with or just where they were in the standings that they might just kind of come in and and use it as a time to kind of get some of their guys ready, but not take it too seriously, but they've been playing tough. They've been playing well. And so a Spurs or another team that, that really is competing here. Agreed. It's tough for Phoenix. They have to win now. Like if they take a loss, they also have to, they also need Portland and San Antonio to also stop winning. So, like, if Portland wins another one and they lose, they're they're pretty much done. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be tough. But either way, like, I, I think I appreciate them. Yeah, definitely. more than like what you know the Pelicans did here. So, so are these guys leaving now, or what? They have to they have to play it out. Like, are the yeah, Wizards so, the, are the Wizards staying? Are are the Pelicans <laughs> staying? Or are we gonna get are we gonna get these like notifications that these guys have left the bubble in the next week? <laughs> you might. Who knows? They're probably dying to leave the bubble. Honestly, like they can't do anything really besides like play <laughs> basketball and hang out. Like they're probably love love to go see their families and you know be able to to sort of get away from that. I'm sure yes. in the beginning, especially yeah, someone I, like Zion, I wouldn't be shocked if yeah. they're like, hey. He's going back home for personal reasons, you know. <laughs> These guys are point. playing Call of Duty. They're going to be playing till like five in the morning now and going to practice <laughs> all all sleepy because they're 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 not playing for anything anymore. So now we want to move into our predictions. We did not do so well. At least me and Jose didn't do so well last week. Jose and I both both went three and four. Taylor did well. He went five and two. My brother actually joined us. I want to give him a shout out because today when we go to our drafting. Uh, portion it was his idea but he sent us his picks and he went one and six so he did terrible hey we did better than michael <laughs> danny so that's, that's yeah michael did terrible <laughs> shout out to michael yeah what's uh, new <laughs> what's <laughs> the <Taylor says. laughs> all right so uh for matchups this week we picked uh seven matchups it's going to be a shorter week the a-team uh seating round is finishing on friday which would allow for saturday and sunday to have a for the eighth and ninth uh, play-in 
for the Western Conference would happen on those days. And the playoffs would start uh, Monday, um, seven days from now, week or a little over a week from now. So we're about to get some playoff basketball here, fellas. But before we do, we pick some matchups, and we are going to pick who you all think would win. So for Monday, we actually have two games that we are picking. We are picking the Thunder versus the Suns and the Raptors versus the Bucks. So let's start with you, Taylor. Let's go with the Thunder versus the Suns first. Who do you have in that matchup? Who do you have winning? I think it's going to end here. I think Chris Paul is going to end the undefeated streak for the Suns, and they're just going to lock him down, and they're just not going to be able to get the win. It's just a hunch I have. I just feel like it feels like the Grizzlies and the Trailblazers are destined to play each other in the 8-9 matchup, and I just feel like the Suns have been on fire. But who like ruins things more than Chris Paul? I just think he's going to get that team ready. <laughs> And they'll be good. And, you know, I guess maybe, like, nobody wants – the con- concern would be, does anyone really want to play the Rockets? So maybe they're trying to – maybe they rather play the Nuggets. But I don't know if the Nuggets are a better matchup for the Thunder at six or if they want to try to maybe not play as hard if they're worried about seeding and where that lies. I just think the Suns, they're going to run out of gas here. That's my prediction. Yeah. Jose, who do you have? I'm going to let it – I'm going to let it ride. I'm going to keep going with the hot streak. I'll go with Phoenix. I love Devin Booker, so uh, let's keep it going. Let's see if he can keep his hot play going and and guys like Ricky Rubio and DeAndre Ayn, hopefully they'll keep playing well. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roll with you, Jose. I think the Suns are going to continue to win. I, I think tomorrow might be a big game. I think that there's not as much importance to the game for the Thunder um, as there is for the Suns, so I, I think the Suns are just going to have the momentum going. And it's an early game tomorrow. So I think that momentum is going to kind of help them um, and kind of put them over the top against the Thunder. So I'm going to pick the Suns. Raptors versus Bucks. Who do you have there, Jose? I'm going to go with the Raptors. And this is for tomorrow as well. We're yeah. picking two games for tomorrow. I'm going to go with the Raptors. It's tough because I, I don't know if each team will sit some guys or uh, or have guys play less minutes. But I know Toronto Raptors, they, they, they play hard all 48. So whoever, whoever Nick Nurse has, uh, has out there, They'll be playing hard, so hopefully they'll, they'll win. It's going to be tough. It's a toss-up for me in this one, but I'll, I'll go with the Raptors for this game. Taylor, who do you have? Raptors, Bucks. Didn't love the way the Raptors looked on Friday against the Celtics. I think the Bucks. I think they want to get a win. I think they, you know, they lost to the Rockets and the Mavs you know, on national TV. They've had a few good games, but I think they, they need a marquee-type win before the playoffs start. I think the Bucks win tomorrow. Oh, the Raptors are coming off on a back-to-back because huh? they did play today. No takes you back, Cecil. Uh, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not taking it back. I just thought about it right now. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, Danny, I, you have to let me pick first, otherwise Jose won't know who to pick. I'm <laughs> 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 just kidding. <laughs> uh, I, I'm. <laughs> I'm going to pick the Bucks too. I agree with you, Taylor. After, especially that big loss, like, I think that they had against the Mavs on national TV going to overtime. I think that they want to make a statement and I think there's no better way to make a statement than beating the number two seed in your conference. And so I think the bucks are going to want a victory tomorrow. So I'm I hope thinking... I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I hope the Raptors win Jose. I'll say that. <laughs> they are your team. <laughs> All right. Tuesday we, we pick the nets versus the magic. Cause that's, that's huge in terms of who is going to be seven and eight in the Eastern conference and who will match up against the bucks and the Raptors. Uh, Taylor, who do you have here? Uh, actually, I'll go first. Uh, Nets versus Magic. I am the Magic haven't been playing well, and and I feel like the Nets have been playing tough. I'm gonna take the Nets to win on Tuesday. 
Taylor, who do you have? <laughs> Great analysis. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to say that I feel like the Magic have not been playing well, and the Nets obviously had a big win against the Clippers tonight. So I'm going with the Magic. Just give me the Magic on Tuesday. I think they're going to flip that script a little bit your analysis was exactly my analysis just a different conclusion well <laughs> if you're picking the if you're picking the nets it made it it made it clear for me i needed to go with the magic good job uh jose who do you have here i'll take the magic as well they got the better player overall player and uh they're both they're seven and eight seven and eight teams so eight seeds so it's tough because like they both haven't really shown too much but i'll, I'll take a vucevic game hopefully tomorrow on Wednesday, we picked the Clippers versus the Nuggets, a big Western Conference matchup. Taylor, who do you uh, who do you have for that one? So obviously, I mean, do I have to pick the Clippers after what I said about Paul George, right? Paul George, forty points. They beat the Nuggets <laughs> by more than ten points. Give me Paul George and the Clippers on Wednesday. Jose, who I'll, do you have? I'll, I'll take Denver on this one. All right, there might there might one of the teams I picked. We're gonna get. At least 20 points from Michael Porter Jr. in, <laughs> in this game. All right. And uh, we'll, I'm not going to give a prediction on how much we'll win, but we're just going to win, okay? Man, you know what? I'm going to go with the Clippers. I think especially after losing today. So I, I think this Nuggets game, I think that they might play both Kawhi and PG. Um, they can't and P- lose. Yeah, they, yeah. Can't get this, they can't get the six seed. You don't want the Thunder or the Jazz. You'd much rather play the Mavs, I think, if you're the Clippers, Yeah, right? and, and I think it'll be a good way for them to kind of gauge kind of, you know, their system really against a, a marquee playoff team. So I'll, 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 I'll take the Clippers. Thursday, we picked two games. We picked the Spurs versus the Jazz and the Mavs versus the Suns. We're hoping that Mavs-Suns game still has some sort of implication. But either way, it should be a, a fun sort of offensive game. So we're taking a gamble on that game, um, hoping it means something. So, or even this day, Spurs Jazz as well. But Jose, who do you have with the Spurs versus the Jazz? I'll take the Jazz. I like what, I, what I've seen from Donovan Mitchell uh, and Rudy Gobert in the last couple of games, especially that game against, uh, I think it was the Nuggets. Yeah, they played the Nuggets <laughs> yeah. in, in double overtime. So I'll take the Jazz in this one. Taylor, who do you got? Spurs, Jazz. I think the Jazz as well. Uh, I know that we were down on them. I probably should have picked them, but then my pride got in the way. Now that the Pelicans are out, I have regret and remorse, but I think they'll win. I think they've looked pretty solid trying to find a way to be, hey, we don't have Bogdanovich. How are we going to look? And so I think they've looked okay, actually. And so I think they'll win. You know what? I have to pick different than you all to catch up. I think we're you're already, you're already counting to... your losses this week. You're like, oh, I'm going to lose this one on Monday. <laughs> like, I'm going to have to catch him. Look at no, that foresight, Danny. Nice. <laughs> I, I think the Jazz have been playing like their whole roster. I, I think towards the end here, especially since it's Thursday, uh, they might kind of reel that back a little bit to get their guys rest. So, And the Spurs might still possibly be in it. And even if they're not, I feel like Pop isn't the type of guy who's just going to bench his guys. He's going to be like, yo, go out there, play, get your experience. So I actually like the Spurs here. It's not like they have a lot of guys anyway. <laughs> you know, like, like Aldridge isn't already playing. It's not like anything's new there. Well, that's why I'm picking them. All right. Yeah. Mavericks versus the Suns. Uh, Jose, who do you have for that? I'm taking the Suns. It's Dallas's last game. I, f- I figured that'd be the game that they'll sit guys. So, And Phoenix is – this may be their last game of the, of the bubble. So I'll, I'll take them in this one. Taylor, who do you have? 
I have the maps. I, do, I don't think any of these teams are going to sit their guys. I think there's going to be enough of a layoff where you want – there's going to be enough rest, especially with the A9 matchups, and probably not playing until, what, early next week. And I think the Suns are going to lose tomorrow. But either way, even if the Suns have to win, I still feel like the Mavs have to win some games. They want to they wanna feel good going into the playoffs. So I think, I think they're going to win. I'm going to go with Jose. I think the Mavs are, are likely going to sit guys out. Um, yeah. I mean, they're locked in that seven. I think they're going to want Porzingis and Luca rested for that first round matchup. And so I'm, I'm taking the Suns as well. And lastly, we have the Heat versus the Pacers on Friday, uh, a game that might have significant implications of, of the Eastern Conference and where they line up. So who do you all have for Heat versus Pacers? Actually, I'll go first. Um, I, I know that the Pacers have kind of been the, the, the magical team so far. Uh, but like I said, I've been watching the Heat, and even though they have had some tough uh, losses, I like the way they play. I like the way that they're coached, and and I think that they're such a deep team that they don't have like a guy to rest. <laughs> like their whole team is, they're just a team. And so I, I think for me, I, I like the Heat beating the Pacers here on Friday. Jose, who do you have? I was gonna agree with you because I was thinking that too because these guys are more likely gonna play each other in in the playoffs. So. Well, I'll take Indiana since they're my team, and in case t- it gives Taylor a chance to pick Miami, if he, <laughs> since it is his team too. Look, I don't think these guys are going to rest as much as you guys think they will. Like they, they have to be able to build. There's only like eight games they've been it's, playing together. It's not like I'm not. I'm not saying rest. Like they, they're going to rest. Like it's. it's like, maybe they won't play the second half. Okay, maybe they won't. I'm talking yeah, about it, like what the Lakers are doing because, and looking well, like they don't give a crap. Yeah, you guys are thinking <laughs> no, like everyone's like I'm the Lakers. I'm saying it because Miami and Indiana are likely going to play each other. But these the guys playoffs. don't want. These guys don't want. So first of all, the game on Monday tomorrow is is probably a little bit more. Yeah, that's why I think they're going to go hard in that game. So the team you one. you don't want to lose and to get into that six seed to have to play the Celtics. I think uh, I think that would be and but these teams they, are also close to the Sixers, right? Up by then. But the Sixers are still only a game back, I think, from the four or five. And the Sixers, it's not like their schedule is. I mean, they can still win some games, right? So anyway, I think the Heat are going to win tomorrow, but I think the Pacers are going to win on Friday. Um, I think that's pretty evenly matched, and I think that it's a toss up each day, but I just think tomorrow, I think there's going to be a little more excitement. I think the Butler Warren thing is, is going to be fun tomorrow, but I think the heat, you know, with Adebayo and Robinson, all those guys will win tomorrow, but Friday, give me the Pacers. I think they'll bounce back. There you go, Jose thinks you're a coward, Taylor. Just not picking your own team. <laughs> just kidding. All right. Well, man, fellas, I'm, I'm really excited. And um, next week we're, we're planning to do a podcast, maybe a day or so earlier. It's going to be our, uh, playoff predictions and we're going to be looking at our playoff matchups so you know even though this this bubble time has only been here for two weeks and we've covered it for two weeks it's, it's gone by fast and we're gonna have some playoff basketball um coming here soon so i'm really excited about that so those are our games to watch this week our predictions now we are going to transition to the thing that we do on this podcast and that is drafting things and today fellas we are drafting the nba's best journeymen some people might not know what that means. Jose, you had a pretty okay definition about um, how that's described. What is an NBA journeyman? What does that mean, Jose? So Oxford Dictionary says a journeyman is known as a worker or sports player who is reliable but not outstanding. In the <laughs> NBA, I found this online. So in the NBA, this title is used frequently to describe a player that has bounced around the league and struggled 
to find long-term real estate. While some of the NBA's elite journeymen have put up all-star numbers, they often have not received all-star recognition. So that's, that's what we were thinking. And so this week we had a, a whole back and forth about, you know, it's guys that have not had a home because they've gone to a bunch of different teams and, and, and they were great in some places and okay in others. Uh, but that in some ways is what led them to get traded or moved to different places. Now, again, we, we gave Michael a shout out earlier for going one and six, but we got to give him some props here because he gave us this idea. We thought it was great to do. So when we were discussing, like, what are the parameters? So one of the parameters that we discussed was a minimum of playing for six different teams. But by that guideline, you have guys like Shaquille O'Neal, Moses Malone, who have won titles, who have been league MVPs that could qualify for it. Now, we, were, we went back and forth, sort of, is that, is that what we want to do with this? How do we want to sort of frame this conversation? So we decided to just let Michael decide for us. And so when we asked him, he said, hey, the only limit that you guys should put on it is six teams. And it's okay if Shaq is in it. I think it'll make for a better draft. So that's what we're going for. So when we're drafting the best NBA dream, and we're talking about guys who really didn't have a, a solid home because they played for at least six or more teams during their career. Does that make sense, fellas? That's what we're going to do here tonight. Let's do it. Makes sense, Danny. And plus, we don't want to make it too hard on ourselves to have to debate whether someone's good enough or not good enough. Yeah. <laughs> we can uh, we can let other individuals decide if we're we're on uh, the right path or not. And when we go through these, you know, audience, we'll we'll let you know how many teams these guys played for. Uh, again, any guys on this list have been in six teams. The minimum is six teams or more. So our draft order for tonight will be Taylor with the first pick. Jose with the second pick, and I will have the third pick. Our order has been randomized before uh, this podcast, and we are going to be uh, drafting um, in snake order. So uh, Taylor will have the first pick, Jose will have the second, I'll have the third, and then I will go with the fourth, Jose with the fifth, Taylor with the sixth, and so on. So without further ado, Taylor, you have the first pick. With the first pick, Taylor, who will you be taking? Yeah, I was like, that's why I was, we had that conversation to begin the draft was, what is a journeyman? Because I was like, I'm not going to take Shaq. He's too good. But then we had that conversation. And so I'm taking Shaq with the first pick <laughs> because he is too good. And I think of the players who have been with, you know, maybe more than 20, at least 20% of the league or more, he's just, I think he's one of the best ever to have been with at least six teams. He started off with the Magic, made it to a championship, lost to the Rockets. Then obviously, where he's most known for with the Lakers, getting those three titles, all those finals MVPs. Then he got his, then obviously him and Kobe had that thing. So he got traded to the Heat, got his fourth title, his last title. Um, and then after that, you know, he started maybe having some surgery, getting a little bit banged up. So he finished up with the Suns, the Cavs, and the Celtics to make it six teams, about a year or so at each place. Definitely wasn't as dominant in those places. Had some playoff performances the one I remember was more with the Cavs when they got to the second round and lost to the Celtics but if you're looking at overall just accolades whether it's the finals MVPs the regular season MVPs titles just his dominance and what he meant for the league Shaq was I think a a solid first pick here even though he had those kind of crappy seasons at the end there especially with like Cleveland and Boston you know his career averages are are still amazing 23.7 points per game 10.9 10.9 rebounds, 2.5 assists, 2.3 blocks. To average a double-double and to that double-double to be that high for career numbers is impressive. 
you know, a 19-year career, four-time champ, three-times finals MVP, 92-93 rookie of the year, three-time all-star MVP, the league MVP in 1999-2000, 15-time all-star, two-time scoring champ, 14-time all-NBA, and three-time all-defensive team. Um, it's impressive. He's number eight in points in NBA history and number eight in blocks and number 15 in rebounds, and he's a Hall of Famer. So, yeah, if, if there was an opportunity for you to take Shaq here, you did it. <laughs> and, and, you know, you're not going to get any argument from me here. Yeah, Taylor, no argument for me. He's re- he's regarded as a top 10 all-time player and uh, one of my favorite players. So, um, great pick. And I think the only thing that, that bums me out is I, I almost wish he wasn't on this list, to be quite honest. You know, I think he's one especially of the... with the Celtics. So yeah, especially that it ended with the Celtics. I don't know, man. I, I, it's kind of a bummer to see him on this list. Like, I, to me, he's one of those people where it's like just not knowing when to retire or when to kind of call it quits. So I, I feel like those last years were really hard to kind of see him how dominant he was. So yeah, I, I thought it, it is yeah. a bummer to see him on here, to be honest. Dan, I thought you said you don't want him on the list because you're like, hey, he should just finish up with the Lakers, and him and Kobe could have won like three or four more titles. No, your <laughs> reasoning is, hey, he was not as good with the, some of these other teams. Not so much, hey, we could have had way more titles. Got it. No, it's just when you, when you <laughs> see your heroes, like it's just tough to see them, you know. Totally. Uh, yeah. No, I agree. No, I agree with I agree with your, what you're saying. Yeah, especially in, in a nasty Boston jersey. So yeah, <laughs> so it's it's just a bummer that he was on this list. But hey, if he is on this list. Like we said, it's it's good that you're taking him. Jose, who do you have with your first pick? So Shaq's won an MVP. I'm going to choose a guy who's won two. Um, Moses Malone will be my pick. Man, what a great player. He played for Buffalo, the Rockets, Philadelphia, Washington, Atlanta, Milwaukee, and then San Antonio. Man, he averaged 20, 20 points per game, 12 rebounds a game, and a block. At his peak, he was, he was averaging 31 points per game and 14.7 rebounds per game. He's the, he, he won MVP in 1978, 1979 season. He also won it in the 81-82 season. He's a 13-time All-Star. He, won, he led the league in rebounding seven times. He was a dominant scorer and rebounder, and he was a great offensive rebounder. He landed uh, – he, he was great with the Rockets – he became a five-time All-Star there in six seasons with the Rockets after leading the NBA in rebounding in 1979. He was named league MVP for them there. He led the Rockets to the NBA Finals in 1981 and won his second MVP in 82. He was traded to Philadelphia, and that's where he won his MVP, and he led the 76ers to the 1983 championship. So he, he won two league MVPs. Like I said, he became the only NBA player ever to win the award in consecutive seasons with two different teams. And... Um, and during that, the finals where they played the Lakers, he averaged 26 points a game and almost 16 rebounds. And he out-rebounded Kareem Abdul-Jabbar 72-30 to 30 in the series. So he was dominant. And he wasn't, like, super tall for a center, too. He was only 6'10", but he weighed 260. He was nicknamed the chairman of the boards. And, uh, and Taylor must love this pick, man. A great Houston Rocket. So, uh, <laughs> but, yeah, oh, take him. Clear, clear number two pick. Yeah, he's, he's fantastic. I, I don't think I – we, you know, I was probably too young to remember you know, to catch any of his games, but I mean, his numbers speak for themselves, but not only that, he's top five in rebounds all time in the NBA, top nine in points all time. And, and one of the things that I thought was impressive was when it comes to offensive rebounds, he's number one all time in the NBA um, at 6,731. And the guy in number two is Robert Parrish, 
And Moses Malone has 2,133 more offensive rebounds in him. So, like, I don't think anyone's going to catch him, like, ever. <laughs> it, it was just, like, to your point, he was just so dominant. And, and it wasn't so much for the height. Like, he just hustled. Um, and he just had a – he had, like, this this cockiness and an attitude to him that was just, like, tough. And, like, this dude was going to get it done. You know, one of my favorite stories with Moses Malone was uh, his famous prediction of faux, faux, faux. Um, and he was trying to say that he was going to – they were going to sweep 4-0. Uh, back then in the NBA, if you were the first uh, first uh, seeded uh, team, you would get a bye the first round. So he said, you know, that in the semis and the Eastern Conference Finals and then the finals, they were going to sweep all the teams. His prediction almost came uh, true, but he changed it to faux FIFO because Milwaukee was able to beat them for one game. They eventually beat them 4-1, uh, but it was impressive for them to only lose one game in that playoff run. And not only that, they swept – they swept the Showtime Lakers in the finals. And you had this team with Dr. J on it, but Moses Malone was a leader. He won the NBA Finals MVP. So, yeah, just, just his accolades, the type of player that he was, he was impressive. He was the first player uh, to go from high school to the NBA in NBA history. He switched jerseys 10 times. Seven of those were in the NBA, but he actually switched two more times in the ABA. So he's a, it's a total of nine teams. Uh, but to have a player of this caliber to play for 20 years, especially in the era he played where, you know, medicine wasn't as good and to switch teams that many times, I, I think that that, you know, speaks to his value, but just, it's, it's just a weird thing because Moses alone was just so good and so dominant. Good pick. Yeah. I think he could have been even the first pick, got the accolades, the MVPs, the titles. So like the pick Jose. So I'm next with the third pick. And for my first pick here, you know, we, we're going with some of the NBA's classic big men. And I'm going to sort of continue in that. And I am picking Bob McAdoo. Bob McAdoo has a career average of 22.1 points, 9.4 rebounds, 2.3 assists, one steal, and a block and a half. He played for the Buffalo Braves, who would eventually become the Clippers. The Knicks, Boston, Detroit, the Nets, Lakers, and Philly. He's in the Hall of Fame, five-time All-Star, three-time scoring champ, uh, two-time NBA champ um, in 82 and 85 with the Lakers. And he was, in the all, he was part of the All-NBA team twice and the 74-75 MVP. Yeah, one of the things I was reading when I was reading about Bob McAdoo was if someone were to ask me who was the first Kevin Durant lookalike in NBA player history, it would be Bob McAdoo. <laughs> he was 6'9", 210. He could play both power forward and center, uh, but he was all around a solid player. He was really good on, on defense as well. Uh, but even, even despite, you know, um, he had a number of injuries throughout his career. But again, despite that, he really, I mean, he had a Hall of Fame career and he is in the Hall of Fame. And so he, he was good. His best year, he was putting up 34.5 points per game, 14.1 rebounds, 2.2 assists, one steal, two blocks. I mean, that's, that's amazing. Those numbers are astronomical. And that came uh, during that 1975 MVP year where he led his team to a 49-33 record. Uh, even after he uh, finished playing, he coached the Miami Heat for 19 seasons. And he was a part of those NBA titles um, for the Miami Heat 2006 and in 2012 and 13. So he's been able to coach guys like LeBron, Dwayne Wade, Alonzo Mourning, Chris Bosh, Shaq, Tim Hardaway, Ray Allen. 
So not only did he have a, a fantastic, you know, playing career, but he also was one of the, in terms of coaching, he's just coached some of the best guys in NBA history as well. He is the only other player to play for at least seven teams and be in the Hall of Fame, along with Moses Malone and Adrian Danley. So I think Bob McAdoo, just his numbers, what he's meant for the NBA, his legacy in the NBA, I think is deserving of this spot here. Yeah, great pick, Danny. I mean, other things to add, like in, in his second season, he was av- averaging 30 and 15, and I think it's the last time anyone has ever done that. He's the youngest guy to ever have a 50-20 game, 50 points, 20 rebound game. And uh, just he also made some sacrifices to win titles. You know, he, he didn't win a title until he was with the Showtime Lakers, and he was playing on the bench, but he he, he could have had starting position somewhere else and had better – bigger minutes, but he wanted to win that championship. So he played behind guys like uh, Kurt Rambis, you know, for, for instance, and just, just so he could win that championship. Good pick. Same thing as most Malone. Great accolades, great player. You know, I, I, I don't think it's a reach in any means. So good job, Danny. Yeah, Danny, he's only 6'9", so you could actually technically, you could be your center or power forward. Yes, that is true. That's why I'm struggling <laughs> with, with my, my next pick here. I'm sort of going back and forth about what to take. Um, but you know what? I, I think I, I mentioned his name, and I think for me, you know, oftentimes we, we sort of go back and forth about do we want the name cachet or do we kind of just want to honor what this person meant? And it's tough to say, right, because I don't want to go based off recency bias, but I think with my second pick, I'm going to talk about this guy that I just said right now. Uh, The only other player to play for at least seven teams, joining Moses Malone and Bob McAdoo, and that's Adrian Dantley. Adrian Dantley, also in the Hall of Fame, 24.3 points per game, 5.7 rebounds, three assists, one steal in his career. He played for the Buffalo Braves, the Indiana Pacers, Lakers, Utah, Detroit, Dallas, Milwaukee. Six-time All-Star, two-time scoring champ, two-times All-NBA, 76-77 rookie of the year to me he was just a really solid player uh he was one of the greatest jazz players ever and one of the greatest scorers the league has seen in fact he's actually number 28 all-time in scoring in the nba and so i I think adrian dantley was just like jose said he was a small forward but he he would dominate he was good on both sides of the ball one of the things that and, and reading a lot of these guys one of the things that's really interesting to me is to and a big reason why i picked this guy is his his life outside um, after retirement. So just what I said about Bob McAdoo and him becoming a coach, <laughs> Adrian Dantley uh, is a high school and rec league referee. And on his free time, he also cross guards for the high school. He, uh, so his wife talks about how he doesn't do it for the money, but for him, like refereeing is about getting strength. He, and if he doesn't get enough strength by coaching or refereeing enough games, he goes and does 90 minutes of cardio. Uh, he runs five miles a day, uh, a day lifts weights, and he likes to play one-on-one basketball. And he goes to the gym to find guys to play one-on-one basketball. But his only catch is it's one-on-one basketball full court. Because he says he can take guys off the dribble still, even at an old age. Uh, so wow. it's this guy who just is, is in his hometown. He loves to get back to the community. He, you know, refs, wreck the ball and high school basketball. And, and that's what he loves to do. So I think for me, um, Adrian Dantley just sounds like a dope guy. Uh, someone I would love to just get coffee with and learn about the NBA with. And I mean, his accolades just speak for themselves. Just a really one of the jazz's greatest players ever. So I'm going with Adrian Dantley here with my second pick, another hall of famer to join my lineup along with Bob McAdoo. That's a, that's a great 
privilege you have, Danny, with your sec with your second pick uh, on your team to have a guy who averaged thirty points per game in consecutive seasons in nineteen from nineteen eighty one to eighty four. You know, and then he was a great he was a great low post player. And what's really crazy about it is that one of his legs is significantly significantly shorter than the other. So, <laughs> so like a two inch difference in one of his legs, and yet he's still. I don't even know how that works. And he's still balling yeah. right now. This is yeah. crazy. He had to have custom made inserts in his shoes, pretty much, is what I what I wow. read. And, uh, and but yeah, I mean, Hall of Famer, Hall of Famer, great score. Yeah, just a, a great pick with your second pick. I don't know if Jose was going to pick him next. He, he was in my top seven, so I, I definitely would have picked him as one of my picks if he made it to the second or third round. So he definitely has, you know, anytime you got someone who's talented, they get, you know, they got all-stars, they got Hall of Fame. I mean, especially when there's going to be a drop-off coming up here pretty soon, I think it's a solid pick, Danny. Okay, Jose, who do you have with your second pick? Are you guys going to pick anyone that we know? Or just going to be everyone from the 80s? No, I, that was the last one for me. <laughs> just, just no, yeah. yeah, It's tough. I think those guys, those I'm were the right kidding. picks. So, like, I no, think you guys picked right, yeah. Dan Lee. Dan, I was just making a joke. I didn't feel just awesome. a joke. <laughs> you, did the, you guys <laughs> be the right pick. This guy's because <laughs> right, better than the yeah. So, with my second pick, um, there might be some, guy, some guys that have better accolades, but I'm taking a leader. I'm taking Mr. Big Shot. I'm taking Chauncey Billups on my team. He averaged 15 points per game, five assists, and a steal. He's a five-time All-Star, two-time second-team All-Defense. He made a second-team All-NBA once and in the third team twice. He played with Detroit. He's mainly known for that run. He had five seasons with Denver. He also played for Minnesota, the Celtics. He was drafted by the Celtics. He played for the Clippers, Raptors, and Knicks. When he was playing for the Pistons, he averaged – he had two seasons where he averaged 18 and a half points per game, and the other season was 19 – 19.5 points per game. He's a former finals MVP. They beat the Lakers pretty much end that Shaq and Kobe run. And he, he earned the nickname, Mr. Big Shot during the regular regular season for uh, hitting some game winners against Golden State and another one uh, against the Hawks. So, so yeah, I think it's a great pick. I needed a great, I needed a point guard. He was the best point guard available in my opinion. And, um, yeah, he's a great, he was a great three-point shooter, a great defender, um, a great leader. He helped when he was traded to Denver. He helped that Denver Nuggets team that had Carmelo Anthony make it to the Western Conference Finals. So um, I like what he's going to bring to my team. It's a great pick. He, he was definitely going to be someone that I probably would have picked with my next pick. I don't think there's been any huge surprises with our first top five picks here. I do think he's clutch, Mr. Big Shot. And – yeah, he played for a lot of teams, you know, so I think he, he checks a lot of the boxes there. So I think – and I don't know how many better, like, guards, point guards there are available when you're looking at some of these lists. So I, I like it. I like what you did there. Yeah, I'm a little jealous that you took Chauncey here. To me, I, I thought maybe it was a too, too early for him, but now that you took him, I'm like, dang, just position-wise uh, in terms of team fit, uh, I think, you know, I think Chauncey – is going to be the best probably point guard here. So I, I appreciate him. And I think his, his career is interesting. He kind of went from being a journeyman to being like an NBA, you know, finals Star, MVP yeah. all-star, and then to being a journeyman again. So it's kind of like journeyman's on, on bookends of his career, which I think is sort of unique. That's not usually how it happens. You're either really good and that sort of happens or you're a journeyman throughout. So I think Chauncey just has an interesting sort of story um, in terms of his career. 
But the, the fact that he never averaged under 10 points per game, he was always in double digits, um, speaks volumes of just how consistent he was. You know, he never had like this huge dip where he just sucked. Like he was always solid and just a smart player. And so uh, to me, honestly, I, I think that Chauncey in my mind is, is one of the most underrated players. You know, when I hear his name, I just, I, I have to, I can't help but give him respect and, and maybe it's because he did whoop our butts. <laughs> That's why he got that finals MVP against the Lakers. I mean, he hurt my feelings as as a, as a young kid. And and so I think to me, just yeah. the, the way he played in that finals, man, it, it still hurts. But he's a solid pick here, Jose. And I'm a little jealous that you took him off the board. All right. So with the second pick, I'm taking Vince Carter. And Danny, I know you're bummed because I know yes. you like picking him every time we do a draft <laughs> and he's available. But I feel like in terms of talent, in terms of the end of his career, I felt like he was more of a journeyman, that veteran presence. He played for eight teams, the Raptors, the Nets, the Magic, the Suns, the Mavs, the Grizzlies, Kings, and Hawks. Some of these teams were very good, especially at the end. But obviously he has eight all-star appearances, and most of those were actually with the Raptors and the Nets, not really with anyone else. And some of those he probably was voted in just because everyone wanted to see him dunk in the all-star game and whatnot. But just someone who with just the longevity of his career, what he meant to the game in terms of being a lot of individuals' favorite players, especially what he did with to Raptors and putting Canada on the map with an NBA franchise. I just felt like from a talent standpoint, eight teams, I thought he was the pick here. So I'm going with Vince Carter next. Yeah, I, I like the pick. Uh, I was considering taking him with my second pick. But yeah, Vince Carter, just in terms of what he's meant for basketball, one of the things that was interesting is not only him suiting up for all these teams, eight teams all together, but he's the first NBA player to suit up for games in four decades. He played in the 90s and the 2000s and the 2010s and the 2020s. Vince Carter is the only person who can say that. He started in the NBA in 1998. LeBron was an eighth grader and Luka Doncic was not even born yet. So, you know, Vince Carter has been in the league for quite some time. Yeah, I think the only thing that that sort of was, was hard in, in terms of this being his last year was just what happened with COVID. But I think even with the Hawks, someone had the wherewithal to put him in right at the end of that game and he was able to hit a three. Uh, so that, that was cool. You know, he had that, that kind of moment. But, you know, Carter just meant so much. He, we talked about this in, in our other podcast with the Raptors, but just the dunk contest, his ability to score, his ability to, to play make. When he got, you know, an open drive to the basket, you couldn't just help but watch to see what he was going to do. I like Vince Carter. And then to kind of see him, you know, he's someone that he didn't retire or age bad. Like he kind of understood his role and was able to adjust. Even at the end of, he's just like, Hey, I'm just here to help the next generation of guys. You know, I'm not going to feel like I can't come off the bench or I need this or that. So I actually respected that about Carter where he, he just had gratitude for the game and, and he gave back the way he did. So to span four decades like that, I love that about him. Yeah, Danny, that's a great point you make as far as him shifting into a second gear with his career and becoming becoming a, a bench presence, you know? Like, he's not out there when he's in chucking up shots, thinking that he's, like, the best player still. He understood his role, like you said, you know? And he's the only player in, in NBA history with at least 2,000 three-pointers and 800 blocks in his career. So, and then just what he's done for, for the NBA with his dunks, starting off with the Raptors, you know, with COVID happening, um, we tend to watch watch some things on Netflix, and one thing that I watched on Netflix was the the Carter effect. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but it's a documentary produced by Le- LeBron's camp uh, on Vince Carter and just just what he meant for that city at the time, and just bringing 
Toronto from a hockey city. It's still a hockey city, but just bringing basketball um, there, making it important. And like Taylor said earlier, being guys' favorite players, like Kevin Durant, his favorite player growing up was was Vince Carter. So it's great because even on the teams that he's been playing on, like Dallas, Memphis, Atlanta, like he was a great presence for them there. And that, and even listening to his podcast, the Winging It podcast, like you could see um, his camaraderie with his teammates there. So great pick, Taylor. Yeah, and to your point, sorry, it was, I was just going to say to your point about Toronto and, and hockey, it just kind of comes full circle that, you know, the year he retired or, or right after he retired, obviously the Raptors winning yeah, the title. Yeah. And just how excited the city was to have mm-hmm. the title. That's cool. That's awesome. That must have been awesome for him. And the fact that he was there during those games and fans still kind of loving him, you know, I think that was awesome to see. So with my third pick here, I'm going to go with Tracy McGrady. Going to stay with my Orlando Magic theme. Yeah, I obviously played for the the Rockets. He's got the scoring titles. He's got the All-NBA first teams from a talent perspective. It was him and Kobe there at the top for a couple years. In terms of teams, he started off with the Raptors with Vince paired together, and then he went to the Magic, the Rockets, then traded to the Knicks. Classic Daryl Morey trade there. Then he obviously went to the Pistons and the Hawks next. Then over to China, back to the Spurs, where he almost got his title, but Ginobili couldn't hit those free throws and they couldn't grab an offensive rebound. So obviously T-Mac doesn't get his title because of that. But I just think, I was looking at some guys, I was like, yeah, T-Mac, he played for like six, seven teams. I can throw him on my list here. There might be better guys. I don't know how good my list is, but I really <laughs> like T-Mac. I think from a talent standpoint, he's going to be up there. So he's my next pick. Yeah, Taylor, I'm actually glad you picked him because if I didn't pick him in my next pick, you guys would be like, how come you didn't pick T-Mac, you know? So <laughs> I just thought you picked him because I'm like, wait, T-Mac played for six teams? So I, I didn't get that one as far as like in, in my research. So I'm glad you picked him. I, I, this is the second podcast that we've done where I, where I forgot that T-Mac played for, played for six teams or played for the Raptors. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you took him. <laughs> well, Jose, you're not alone. I actually Googled it right now. I thought Taylor was wrong. I yeah. think he wasn't on my list, dude. <laughs> I didn't have him on my list. Oh, man, I, I should have saved him. him. Yeah. I should have saved him till the you, end. You, you know? literally, you would have gotten away with it, and I would have been so shocked. Because now, yeah, because I was like, dang, he got Shaq, Vince, and Tracy. Like, yeah, I was thinking that's name bias. How do you get them? <laughs> but I got so, I was like, wait, really? And so I Googled it right now on Basketball Reference. And, uh, yeah, because in my, in my head, I'll be like, dude, yeah. I, I drafted Chauncey Billups before him, which doesn't really make sense as far as. I forgot about that. Oh, no, actually, I actually think, like, Billups is, I would have picked him before. Team well, I, well, I feel like because Billups had was better for more teams. I think yeah, T-Mac yeah, totally. Was, T-Mac was better on like certain like two teams, you know, two and a half, yeah, two, two and a half, half teams, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but great pick, a great pick that we didn't great even pick, have, Taylor. Right? That so, you would have probably got with your fifth. So pick. People would have been yelling at us if we would have missed him. So that might disappoint you, but yeah, we we didn't have him on list, so we have nothing to add. Um, no, that's good. No, that's that's fine. I mean, we've we've drafted and we've him. talked about like him so many podcast. times, right? Yeah, we've, we've talked about guys we've drafted him. Yeah. yeah, I think we've all drafted. Him. Daddy, you probably drafted him. Jose's drafted him. This is the second time I've drafted him in the third round. Um, so, all right, Jose, tell us who who you uh, obviously you got your guy now here with the third pick. So that's good. Yeah, yeah. Moses Malone, Chauncey Billups. Who's your pick, Jose? I need a guy who's going to play well with Moses Malone to to shore up my front court and. This, I'm gonna pick a player who just I just loved his game and what he brought to the game. Don't I'm you do gonna it. don't you do I'm, it. I'm gonna get Rashid. Ah, Rashid Wallace. Uh, nice. I mean the stats. I mean he's a journeyman, so like the stats aren't gonna be super great all the time. But it's 14 
6.4 points per game, 6.7 rebounds a game, and 1.3 blocks per game. He played for Portland, Detroit, Boston, Washington, the Knicks, and Atlanta. When he was at Portland, he was averaging, he had three seasons, 19 points a game, another 19-point-a-game season, and 18 points a game. He's a four-time All-Star. And with Portland, he was a key member of the Trailblazers team that made it to the Western Conference Finals in 1999 and 2000. And then he was when he was traded to, to the, the Pistons, I mean, he was with Atlanta for like one, one game or one day. He won a championship with the Pistons and went to the finals again the next year, losing to the Spurs. He's a great power forward slash center. You know, with the, with, he also went to the finals with the Celtics. He played, he played big minutes for them in the 2010 finals. Like, he was a stretch five for them. And uh, he, he'd be great now if he was playing. He could shoot the three. He could shoot a great mid-range jumper. He was pretty good defensively. And he loved to get technicals. <laughs> so he holds the single season record for most technicals in a season with 41 technical fouls over a span of 80 games. He pretty much got a technical every other game. So Draymond Green has nothing on Rashid Wallace right now. <laughs> I feel like you got to try to get that record. <laughs> got to make a concerted effort to get to you. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I my goal literally going into this was like, I just want to get one of those two Pistons guys. So it bums me out that you got both. Rashid probably would have been my next pick if you put him go. He was solid. You know, the, he also was a guy who probably shouldn't have been on this list. If it wasn't for that one game in Atlanta where he dropped 20 points, six rebounds, and five blocks, <laughs> he, wouldn't, he wouldn't be on this list, right? But, yeah, he was just a critical component of that uh, Detroit Pistons championship team that beat us, you know. And, you know, I also didn't like facing them him against, you know, the, the Boston Celtics when the Lakers played them in 2010. You know, I think it would have been hard for me to get over the fact of losing two titles to Rasheed Wallace. But, you know, what, what I, uh, when I did a lot of this research, I was always fascinated by what these guys were doing now. Uh, so for, for him getting all those tees, it's cool to see him sort of giving back again to the next generation. He's a, he's a basketball high school coach in Durham, uh, Jordan high school in Durham, North Carolina. And he's just there helping guys sort of, you know, learn basketball fundamentals, talking about the NBA with them. So that, that's pretty cool to see. Uh, but you know, one of the things with, with reading about Wallace, I think he's an underappreciated guy. And when you look at basketball reference with his career arc, his career arc most matches guys like Carmelo Anthony and Alex English, you know, and and when you talk about Carmelo or Alex English, you often don't think about Rashid Wallace. I think the technicals kind of give him a bad rap, but I I think he's also one of the most underrated players. And he's like one of the top 50 players in the last three decades with value over replacement player. He's a top 40 player in the last decades, three decades for win shares. And he's ahead of like guys like Vladi Divac who are in the hall of fame. You know, will will he make it to the Hall of Fame? I don't know, but I think that goes into like probably not. But I think that goes to to highlight just how underrated he might be. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't have on my list because I was looking at a lot of different like because with Jeremy, man, you can look at so many different lists. That's probably why you can miss T Mac and whatnot. But I love the pick. I love Sheed. Man, he's good. You know, and you're getting guys with titles. Everyone on your team has a title right now, and obviously Billups and Sheed have played together. Um, good stuff. I love it, Jose. Thank you, Taylor. Everyone's good. We haven't. We don't have any bad <laughs> picks yet. How come? How come none of these picks? Are, how come? Damn it! Why you gotta put that pressure on me as soon as the the drop the bid drop comes here. Man, <laughs> I can't wait. For, I can't wait for you to make the wrong pick. <laughs> There's a guy out there with some good accolades, still, Daddy. But I don't know if you want him. <laughs> I want him. I, I just. I'm. I'm. I'm looking at my. Oh Lord! Will I do it? 
<laughs> All right. So with my next pick, uh, there's two guys here that I'm thinking about. But I, you know, I, I'm going to give this man his props. But for my next pick, I am taking a center. I'm taking Dwight Howard. I'm going to take Dwight Howard here. 16.8 points per game, 12.3 rebounds, 1.4 assists, 1.9 blocks, eight-time All-Star, five-time rebound champ, two-time block champ, eight-time All-NBA, five-time All-Defensive uh, teams, 0405 All-Rookie, three-time Defensive Player of the Year. He's the 14-time rebounder in, in all of NBA history and 14th in blocks as well. He played on the Orlando Magic, the Lakers, Houston, then Atlanta, then Charlotte, then the Wizards, and now he's on the Lakers again. You know, I think Dwight, you know, often gets perceived uh, through his career following Houston, so kind of the latter half of his career. And, you know, I think sometimes that does a disservice to how good he was. Even for me, like I'll admit, um, it, it's hard to to filter out the last few years of injuries and how hard it's been for him. But a few weeks ago, even even Taylor was showing us some of his Houston Rockets highlights and, and he was still playing really well and still dominant. And so sometimes we forget just those Orlando years and how he was just maybe the scariest center in the league, just in terms of how athletic he was and how good he brought that team, even with, with little help. He brought them all the way to the NBA Finals. And, you know, we, we talked about this in the Orlando podcast, but even if, you know, there were some injuries, you know, they, they might have given the Lakers a, a tough challenge. But his accolades, I think, for me not to take him here in light of all of his accolades, I think it would it would do him a disservice. I'm glad with how he's sort of helped his image, at least with within the Laker community, um, and he's playing really well, and it looks like he's healthy for the first time in a while. But just, you know, he, throughout his career, he just his personality, adjusting to teammates, issues with teammates, I think that's been hard. But to me, I, I want to give him his fair credit for just what he was able to accomplish early on in his career. So I'm taking Dwight Howard here, and he meets the criteria. Yeah, yeah, Danny, we talked about one of Taylor's picks, Vince Carter, and how Vince Carter kind of like figured out his role um, once he wasn't a star. I think that's what was the toughest thing for Dwight Howard, to figure, like, to figure out that he wasn't that dominant player anymore. But I'm glad that on the Lakers now he sees that he has a role and he's still pretty productive when he's on the court. And it's a great pick, Danny. If you think about it, like I picked Rashid, had Chauncey, Trace, and Taylor picked Tracy and Vince, but – Dwight Howard at his peak was probably arguably better than all those guys at his peak, you know? So um, it's a great pick with your, with your second pick and you're moving Bob McAdoo to the power forward spot now, I think. Yep. I think yeah. 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 I think Dwight's the least journeyman guy we've picked so far. He's like, he hasn't been good anywhere except for one place. I feel like actually, you know, he was okay with the Rockets and he's okay with the Lakers, even though they had to bum back that first go around. But, oh, man, when I was watching him play the, the Rockets this week, he complained so much. He thinks he's still on the Rockets, you know, with all the times he complains about fouls and stuff. He's one of those, like, he'll complain, they'll show the replay, and he'll be like, wait, you did not get fouled. What are you complaining about? Um, although the, the little Rockets guys, he, he's barely touched them, and they were flying across the key. They were calling those offensive fouls. I feel like the refs love call, calling an offensive foul on uh, Dwight Howard for some reason. Some of those, well, it's, e- it's easy. Yeah. It's easy, too, because he, he throws his elbows out. So, yeah. <laughs> So far, I so, even texted you guys this week. I'm like, take Dwight out. What's going on? <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but, it, it, yeah. But that's the thing, right? Like, he's got last week. We were just talking about how dominant he looked in those highlights, and then we watched him play once, and we're like, wow. Like, we just forget all that. He had those moments against the 
the Blazers with the Rockets where you're like, this is the greatest center to ever play in the NBA of all yeah. time. Yeah. And then he has moments where I think Jose, he said it very well. I don't think he embraced the new NBA and sort of maybe a little bit of his declining like talent. Some of it might be injuries. His body just might not have been the same to where, you know, he could be that defensive presence with the, like the scoring, but it took him a while. And I think he really, this was the first year where he seemed like he really just embraced rebounding and being the best defensive player he can be. And I think it's worked well for him. So with my next pick here, and this is going to be, you know, now with a center, a power forward shooting forward, I have to be really strategic about who I'm going to pick here. And and for me, this guy, I, I want to take here because I think reading about him today made me appreciate him more, but I also think there's a significant lack of point guards that are considered dream men. But I am taking Sam Cassell here with my pick. Sam Cassell averaged 15.7 points per game, six assists, 3.2 rebounds, 1.1 steals in his career. I mean, those numbers are really solid um, in terms of overall career numbers. He was a one-time All-Star, three-time NBA champ, and 2003-2004 All-NBA team. He played for the Houston Rockets, uh, the Phoenix Suns, Dallas Mavericks, the Nets, Milwaukee, Minnesota, Clippers, and Boston. That is 15 years, uh, over eight teams. Uh, you know, he, he won that 93-94 championship there with, with Clyde Drexler and Hakeem Olajuwon. But throughout his whole career, he was considered a solid playmaker. Uh, one of the things that I remember about him was just he had a really nice jump shot. Like, he was just a smooth scorer. I liked his jump shot. And really, his all-star appearance came with the Minnesota Timberwolves in the 2003-2004 season, and he killed it that year. He was averaging 20.3 points per game, 7.5 assists, 3.4 rebounds, and 1.3 steals per game. I remember that team very vividly. That was actually the first um, NBA playoff game I went to. So I was there when the Lakers beat them in the Western Conference Finals at Staples and clinched uh, you know, the opportunity to go to the finals. But um, that team was really, really good. And Sam Cassell was, was a floor general. He was awesome. But even what I do remember about that matchup was Sam Cassell was, was hurt. He had a hip injury that sort of limited the, the T-Wolves. So that, that was really hard for, for them. But when you think about the, the great guards that were playing at that time in that year, uh, he only, Allen Iverson and Stefan Marbury scored more on a per game basis than Sam Cassell. So Sam Cassell was a top three uh, guard in the NBA uh, there at the height of his career. And, you know, he went on, he, he played for the Clippers. He was solid. Um, and, and, and now it's cool to see him as an assistant coach there still uh, and, and still being part of the NBA. But when I remember him, he was just a good solid playmaker, a guy who could hit big shots, really nice jump shot, smooth scorer. So I'm going to take Sam Cassell here to be my point guard. Yeah, Danny, I think when we think of journeyman, I think Sam Cassell is a great journeyman. Not, not, not just because he's been on a lot of teams, but he meant a lot to a lot of those teams, you know, being a backup to in Houston to Kenny Smith, right? But he was st- still hit big shots. When he moved on to Milwaukee, he averaged 19 points and seven assists. And then when he was traded to Minnesota, he formed the, the big three with him, Latrell and, uh, KG, but even when he was on the Clippers, like he helped lead the Clippers to the playoffs. You know, it was him and Elton Brand, that team that went to the playoffs and kind of the Clippers hadn't been to the playoffs in a long time before that. And then you think about him playing for the Celtics when they won the championship in um, 08. Like he had a, a pretty, he had a decent role on the bench as as a as a bench guy, a backup point guard for them as well. So it's a great pick. I 
initially initially I had another guy as the second point guard on my board, but when I was looking at the numbers and just like team impact and even championships, like Sam Cassell's is Sam Cassell is the, the second best point guard. Yeah, Danny, that's great. He's not on my list either. I don't know why. I love Sam Cassell. <laughs> but I probably did do best. This, this was actually the first time where this could happen because this is so wide open. Sam Cassell is a yeah. great pick. He's a, is a great pick. Yeah, he did it. As I said, he did hit big shots for the Rockets. My One of my favorite moments is, you know, they blew that series against the Suns to give us, like, the Lakers Clippers, right? And he's just smiling, like, he's bringing up the ball for the Clippers, and then he gets that eight-second count or that ten-second count. That's one of my all-time favorite, like, Sam Cassell moments where the game changed, you know, like, they hit the three or whatever, it goes overtime. Um, it's like, man, like, we almost had Clippers-Lakers before. Hopefully, we'll, maybe we'll get it this year. But in terms of talent, being good on multiple teams, um, and he's just a likable guy. He's a good coach. Maybe he'll get to coach one year. Maybe he'll be coaching next. I'm coming. surprised. I'm surprised he hasn't coached yet. You know, yeah, he seems like he'd be a good coach. Yeah, he has one of the best uh, taunts. You know, like celebrations when he gets <laughs> a big shot. So I don't know if you guys, it's uh might be too too hard to describe. So just go go YouTube. It. <laughs> you don't have to YouTube it, but yeah, that's uh he does definitely have a <laughs> a fun one there. He's also not a pretty man. He's he's also one of the top <laughs> unprettiest men. Nope, nope. <laughs> <laughs> you said right. that, not me. <laughs> so Jose, who do you have uh, to join your team with the next pick? You have Moses Malone, Chauncey Billups, and Rashid Wallace. Who will be joining you all with your fourth pick? I need a a score a scoring guard to to be on my team, and I should have thought of Tracy Brady. I know. <laughs> I wish I had that. But there's one. There's one still pretty good. Good one. There's a couple good 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 guards out there. But I'm gonna take ISO Joe, Joe Johnson, on my team. He played for Boston, Phoenix, Atlanta, Brooklyn, Miami, Utah, and Houston. I mean, we we probably know him more for his time in um, Phoenix, Atlanta, Brook and Brooklyn. He had some good moments with Miami and U- and Utah as well. He averaged 16 points per game and, and four rebounds and four assists. His peak was when he was playing for the Hawks and he was averaging 25 points per game. He's a seven-time All-Star, and he, he made the NBA third team once. So, and he, he, he got the nickname ISO Joe for his skills of like just isolating with the ball, scoring with his crossovers. He's one of 46 NBA players to score 20,000 career points. And um, – I like I like that he's still available there for me. I mean, he didn't really have a reputation as a winner, but he could score and and I think he he was he had some big clutch moments as well. So I'm glad that he's still available for me. And he's a big three MVP as well. <laughs> he, he, won a, he won a championship with the big three. Dominant, yeah, he's probably the best player in big three history for sure. The pick's fine. I I. I I, I, he wasn't going to be the yeah, – I'm stuttering, you know. Um, the pick's fine. I mean, he's, he was on my list of, like, you know, 20 to 25 guys I wanted to write down. He so wasn't you wouldn't have made your top 15 cut? I wasn't going to pick him, though. Uh, but not because, not because he's not worthy and not because it's a better pick than what, I, what I'm going to pick next. I think it's just a solid pick, you know. It's not a name where – I'm still looking for those names, like, where I'm like, oh, man, I didn't think of him. You know? <laughs> Joe Johnson was on my list. I thought of him, so – then, um, yeah, that's why I'm reacting I got you with Sam differently Cassell, than Sam Cassell. Yeah, you got me with Sam Cassell and Sheever. Those are the ones, my two favorite ones so far. I, dude, I, I, and it's not that 
I don't like your pick. I don't like Joe Johnson. <laughs> like, like I see his I, numbers I, and they're solid, but to me, he was. I think I like. Good. I think I like Joe Johnson more now than like I did when he was playing. But even you, you were talking about like ISO Joe. Like that's literally why I hate him. <laughs> like, so I don't know if that's a good nickname or a bad nickname. You know, but Danny, you don't hate him. It's not you. Just no, don't I do. Like, you don't I, hate I, him. I, I did not. I did not. No, I, I I didn't like him because of the ISO ball. I mean, this is coming from. Kobe fan, but the ISO ball. The thing though was that this guy didn't realize he wasn't that great. Like, and I think to, to your point, like of some of these guys just not realizing, like, hey man, maybe you're not the number one option on this team, or you're not that great. Um, so I guess he was good, but I don't know. To me, I just never felt like he was on those Brooklyn teams and those Atlanta teams that it kind of overachieved. I don't know. I, I don't feel so high on Joe Johnson in no, general. No, that's fair. That's fair, Danny. Actually, my favorite team that Joe Johnson played for, or my favorite Joe Johnson moments, was actually when he was on Utah. When yeah. they played yeah. when he when they played the Clippers and um in the playoffs and dude they they would go to him and he would just kill the Clippers and um he was a big mismatch for them. So I mean it's sad that my favorite time of him playing was like in his the latter the latter yeah, when he wasn't doing ISO Joe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So okay, okay. All right. There's Taylor. so many guys. I wish we yeah. could pick like ten. There's so many <laughs> no, guys. Jose was talking about maybe he hoped we did six, but I was like, no, it'd be it'd be too I wanna much do, to spot. I wanna pick, five. So you have pick. Shaq, Vince Carter, and McGree so far. Okay, so just so you know, I wanted to pick Josh Smith. I was like, oh, I want to pick Josh Smith. I just I love him. I want to pair him with Corey Brewer. <laughs> he's, like, he's not even on my list. I didn't even know. He was no, no, no. He's got five. Only five teams. He didn't make. You just, oh, okay. you, just, you, then, just you just mentioned. I just talked about Chris, how my my hate for Joe Johnson and ISO ball. Then I want to put Josh Smith in here. Then I wanted Chris Webber, but his sixth team was the worst. So I mean, it's the same team, right? So yeah. then I was like, oh, I can't pick Chris Webber. Can't pick Josh Smith. I can't pick Robert Ori. Can't pick all these guys I want to go with. So uh, I'm gonna go with Jawan Howard with my mm. next pick here. Jawan Howard, he played for the Bullets and the Wizards. That's only one team, though, even though we consider two team names. He also played for the Mavericks, the Nuggets, the Magic. Going with my Magic theme here. The Rockets, the Mavericks. Again, the Nuggets, again, the Bobcats, the Trailblazers, the Heat. And obviously, he went to coaching. He got those titles on LeBron's Heat teams. He was an all-star. His contract, I think the contract, what team was it where he got Maybe it was with the Wizards or the Bullets, the where they're million. like, "Yeah, the Wizards." Like, oh, we need to go to a lockout because we're paying these guys too much money. I think you, him, and Garnett, <laughs> the guys, were getting all this money, and they're like, "Okay, I think that this <laughs> we might be paying these guys too much." So um, for, yeah, one of the first to re- receive a hundred million dollar contract. No, he got to go, John Howard. He was the first. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he's a he's a Fab Five guy. He obviously had some good years. I mean, he he had he was an All Star. He was an All. NBA third team. I didn't realize that he obviously was dominant in college and, you know, he's coaching Michigan. Now he's someone who maybe will continue to grow in the coaching ranks. You know, he's a good recruiter. Uh, I just liked him. He played for like 10 teams or, you know, he's played for a lot of teams there. Yeah. So Juwan Howard, tell me if I'm right or wrong guys. Was this a, was, it, was this a preference pick Tay? As, as far as like, you think he was the best power forward there or just more so like a guy that you just liked and wanted on your team? Yeah. I think I wanted a forward. I actually, there were actually some I, guards. I, I, let, let, we, we could talk about if, the guys. We cannot give, yeah, let's not give away guys right now because yeah, I, I don't want to get to that guys. portion and have us be surprised because yeah. there might be guys that we're missing here. Yeah, there's, there's, a, guys, there's some power forwards I thought may have had better accolades than him. But, I mean. Yeah, there's one, there's one forward that I know you love that I'm only, wondering why you didn't. Yeah, the him. only other guy that I had on here 
that I would have picked. I'm not going to tell Ty- you if you're right Was or wrong. Tyson Chandler. So interesting. Uh, so, but I but I there's some other. I mean, there's some other guys, but I don't think even some Rockets guys. But we, we can go into them if you guys pick them. We can talk about them later. So he was the guy, Jawan Howard. Sounds yeah. like you guys are okay. That's not a, yeah. That's, that's not bad. Like I mean, yeah, okay. I think he, yeah. he had ten jersey swaps, eight teams. But yeah, he was he was a really good, solid scorer. I think I think the only thing that he's he's more of one of the big like what ifs. I, I think he didn't live up to the expectation that that, that they had. I think was it they picked him kind of over yeah I think that who did the Wizards they picked him over somebody else was it Weber No I think it's different years but they no, they brought they, they brought them together though like when they traded for Weber and they yeah. thought that they're and they thought they're going to be like Eastern Conference like finalists but, they but then they chose going, to give him a contract and not Weber yeah. right Yeah 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 that's what I'm saying yeah so yeah I think that they made maybe the wrong decision on the wrong that five guy yeah <laughs> <laughs> it looks like it i mean they haven't really had a lot of success yeah, but, but i am happy for him now that he's in michigan i think he really loves coaching you know going from the heat and and kind of almost doing that as a pseudo player going into coach but now with michigan i'm excited for him and it looks like he really enjoys that yeah i feel like by the time i started watching the nba he already reached his peak so i felt like i didn't get to watch those prime juan howard years so then when by the time i, I was watching he was just more of like a role player at that time and he, yeah, his I, best year was 22.1 points per game, 8.1 rebounds, 4.4 assists, so not bad. What year was that, Danny? Do you know? That was... Got to be in the 90s. 95, 96. 96, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. the, he was fun on the Rockets for a little bit, you know, when they'd bring him in, when centers were still allowed or big guys were still allowed. All right, now, with my last pick, I actually thought about picking him one. He was going to be my first pick for a while. And then Jose texted like, hey, can we even draft these guys? And then I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm just going to wait till the end. So I'm taking Jamal Crawford with my last pick. And I feel like Jamal Crawford epitomizes the NBA journeyman now. Like, hey, why is he not signed? (laughs) Why is Jamal Crawford? Then he just gets signed like halfway through the year or – so he's played for the Bulls, the Knicks, the Warriors, the Hawks, the Trailblazers, the Clippers, the T-Wolves, the Suns, and the Nets – Obviously, with the the Blazers and the Clippers, that's sort of where I remember him a little bit the most, um, especially with those Clippers teams. He thought, hey, okay, we got Crawford come off the bench. We're going to be really good. Um, and obviously, in terms of why I like him, he played for a lot of teams, smooth score, the best handles maybe in NBA history. And everyone just seems to really like Jamal Crawford. <laughs> like, everyone likes him. I don't think there's anyone who says, yeah, I don't like Jamal Crawford. Um, and so I want a likable guy. And I feel like in the journeyman draft, he I got to get him on my team. So that's why I'm picking him here. Yeah, I mean, I like the pick. And maybe when people think about journeyman, this is what their thoughts go to. The The fact that he won six men of the year three times, right, speaks to that um, and all the teams he's played. But, yeah, you, you alluded to the to this, Taylor, but just um, one of the best ball handlers. He had super fast handles. I think a lot of his nicknames are around him being having that crossover that he has. But, you know, he's, he's a guy you hated playing against because he can just come off the bench and he could be sort of the X factor for the other team. You know, you, what you wouldn't want is Jamal Crawford kind of catching fire third and fourth quarters and going like a, you know, scoring 12 points in a row by himself, right? And he just can't stop him. And he was just a dynamic scorer that I think anytime he brought, he was on a team, he just sort of averaged double figures. And most of the years he played in the league, there were double figures. And when I say double figures, they're closer to 20 points per game, not like 10. But yeah, he was just a tremendous X factor for any team. And you just hated playing against a guy like Jamal Crawford who could just score so easily and had those handles. I like the pick here. Oh, man. 
great ball handler, like you said, Danny. Like he he did some things. Like when I was watching, I was like, I didn't even know those things were possible. You know, with with the ball, and like he has dribble moves that that are like only he could do, and like other people are starting to now do. And what I loved about him is that he didn't really talk trash, but he would just kill you. You know, like he was kind of quiet, but he would just hit these crossovers and hit you with these hand in your face jumpers and he was so good I mean he won I think you guys mentioned already but he won six man of the year three times when he was on those that those clipper teams when they were on their run with Blake and CP3 he was dangerous yeah I was hoping he didn't get hurt here I wanted to see what he could do for the Nets so yeah what a bummer you know we're gonna yeah. get bubble you know <laughs> Crawford here but we'll see what happens all right Jose who do you have with your last pick so I need to fill out my small forward position. So I'm going to get tough juice, Karam Butler, on, on my team. He played for Miami, the Lakers, the Wizards, the Mavericks, the Clippers, the Bucks, the Thunder, the Pistons, and the Kings. But a lot of teams. He, he was an all-star twice, averaged 14.1 points per game, five rebounds. And at his peak, he had two seasons where he was scoring 20 points a game. And um, he was nicknamed tough juice because – uh, when he was with the Wizards, his coach Eddie Jordan just loved him, loved his aggressive and passionate play. And I was always bummed as a Laker fan, even though we got Pau Gasol eventually. But that trade, when we traded Crown Butler for Kwame Brown, I was like, I did not understand that trade at all. I believe he still won a championship with the Mavericks, even though he got hurt earlier in the season. So he didn't necessarily play in the playoffs to help them win the championship. But he was just a great player. He when teams, whenever he was on teams, he helped the team. So especially that Washington team, when he really uh, flourished with uh, Gilbert Arenas and Antoine Jameson, he still contributed when he was on the teams like the Clippers and the Thunder. So um, yeah, he's a, with my fifth pick. It's, I feel like he's going to show my team up. Yeah, I feel like there's like a hundred different small forwards. You like <laughs> I feel like everyone's a small forward. That's like the most interchangeable journeyman position. Yeah, I mean, I think everyone's going to have their different preference, but Karan Butler is definitely going to be near the top of who's available left. So I don't know if I have anyone glaring where I'm like, oh, you have to pick this guy instead of him. So I like it. You explained it well. And he's likable. He's he's good on TV. So good pick. You know, one of the things I appreciate him was, was him just being a really smart player, um, Jose. And you can attest to this, but he always seemed to, to make every team he was on better. Um, smart player, but but I think to me the, the thing that sort of solidified that, not only him already being versatile, you know, good guy, but the fact that the, the level of respect that Kobe had for him, Kobe always spoke super highly and they were really close. So, you know, I think Kobe always saw him as like a hard worker who came to the Lakers and just kind of had that mindset of like getting to work. And I think he was able to carry that to every team he was a part of. Uh, one of the things that was recently cool, he had a documentary seeing is believing the Crom Butler story that just talks about him kind of growing up in like a troubled childhood in Wisconsin and, and becoming like to the NBA and kind of giving back to his community. But he recently, recently won an Emmy and a telly award for the documentary. And he basically credited his inspiration to Kobe. Uh, Kobe was the one who encouraged him to do that. Um, and so for him to win an Emmy, he just gave props to, to Kobe. And he said, you know, thank you to my brother and friend Kobe who inspired me to go down this path and told me that my second act would be better than my first rest in peace, Kobe and Gigi. So that's just really cool, right? Like the impact that that had. And Danny, don't make me cry right now, okay? Don't make me cry. <laughs> no, but you mentioned documentaries. So I, I, you know, and you watch them all like on Netflix. So I think this is 
I mean, it won an Emmy, won a Telly Award. So I think you might want to check it out, uh, the Crom Butler story. But that's just really cool. I don't know where it's at. But. <laughs> Good <laughs> info <laughs> drop there, Danny. Uh, yeah. Man, so beautiful. Crom Butler, got me some of those royalties, man. <laughs> dropping, <laughs> dropping your documentary here. Danny, who do you got with your last yeah, What are you going to do to finish this up here? There's a lot of guys out there. Guys, this is, this is hard because I have a guy that I really like, but it won't make sense in my lineup. So I really do wish we had that pick. There's a guy who's classic who might go here. So you, the position you need right now looks like is That's a two. guard, right? Yep. Do you have any guard or like a smaller forward? No. Or are, there, are you tra- or like, oh, I want – or you want Dikembe. I'm like, I'm just going to throw Dikembe in there. <laughs> no, no. We'll make him fit later. Okay. Here's who I'm – like you can go with Lou Will, who's like the Jamal Crawford now, right? Like I think that would make a thing that would make sense here. Who's, he's on my list. Okay. Um, and I'll, I'll mention this other guy maybe later that I want to draft here, but I'm going to have to go with what makes sense here. And I actually don't like, I don't, I don't mind the pick. I'm going to go a little bit old school, but old school enough where we remember this guy, but I'm going to pick Jerry Stackhouse with my last pick here. Jerry Stackhouse had some good points for his career. 16.9 points per game, 3.2 rebounds, 3.3 assists. He played for Philly, Detroit, Washington, Dallas, Milwaukee, Miami, Atlanta, and Brooklyn. He was a two-time All-Star, 95-96 All-Rookie team. For over 10 years in his career, he was averaging double digits. His best year was in 2000-2001. He was dropping 29.8 points per game, 3.9 rebounds, 5.1 assists, 1.2 steals. He was just a tough dude. If there's anyone I want on my team who's going to bring that toughness, it's Jerry Stackhouse. Not only could he get buckets, but he is one of the guys in the NBA that is most feared. No one wants to get in fights with him because Jerry Stackhouse does not mess around. He's gotten into a number of fights when he was in the NBA. Uh, he threw a few haymakers at Jeff Hornacek during a game. He fought Christian Leitner on a plane over a card game and over a card debt and gave Christian Leitner a black eye. I deserve it. He decked Allen Iverson. Socked him in the head during practice, even though they were close. Uh, he almost fought uh, Byron Scott during a game. Byron Scott was talking smack, and he called him a sucker and said he wouldn't have won a ring if it wasn't for Magic, Worthy, and Kareem, and they almost got into it. And then when they played the Mavericks, <laughs> uh, there was this guy, Kirk Snyder. They exchanged words during the game, but he sort of learned his lesson with Jeff Hornacek when they fought on the court. So he waited for him in the tunnel, and it was a fight that no one broke for like 40 seconds. But when you read the reports, Stackhouse messed up Kirk Snyder. So like security officials had to get involved to like separate and get him off. He, he knocked him to the ground and really took him to town. So yeah, <laughs> uh, Jerry Stackhouse is not a guy who talks. He's going he's gonna to be tough and he's going to put guys down. Um, when they asked him about the fight and why he fought them, he said that Snyder gave him a cheap shot and he needed to bleed. That was that was his reasoning for doing it. Danny, are you and he smiled why he said that. Danny, are you tell us anything about his basketball accolades? Oh, so you got a great, you no, got a great fighter on your team. Yeah, yeah, you got a great fighter on your team. Nice. You know what I'll tell you? Not only really is he a good fighter, you're gonna say he's he a good singer. Also, sing really well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sing the national anthem at a bunch of basketball games, specifically before an, a Brooklyn Nets playoff game earlier uh, a few years ago in the postseason. 
So he's not only capable of knocking you out, but he's capable of just I, singing beautiful music to you. Look, I had some of his shoes growing up. I had those Fila's. <laughs> I, I'm not joking. I had the stack house, some of those Fila shoes that he had. So I yeah. can't hate on the pick <laughs> for that standpoint. But he, yeah, like, like I said, yeah. he was a good scorer. I mean, like Dude, I, said, I, was I was thinking for like 10 years. He was really I was hard. thinking too at this time, I was like, why didn't, why did they have to trade him? Like from yeah. Philly, Philly, right? I was like, yeah. You, you could have had Allen Iverson and Jerry Stackhouse before he was doing the 29 points per game. And then now you tell me that he punched him in the head. <laughs> like, all right, now I understand why they traded. But the, that's the thing. They were close, though. So, like, he would fight his friends. Like, this dude, you couldn't even mess around with him. He was going to fight you. But, yeah, he's now, at, I think, at Vanderbilt. So, yeah, he's, like, coaching now. So, it's, it's interesting. But, yeah, he was a guy who could put buckets. I think in the, in the 90s, he was definitely – one of the top guys in the NBA. And so even, again, looking back at his career numbers, even despite like some of the decline that he had, like I said, it was like a decade. Of, I mean, averaging double digits that were kind of closer to 20 points. So he's a good scorer, a guy who's tough. So I, I like him. Yeah, it was a good, uh, I, I like it. I think he was coming off the bench for the Mavericks when they went to the finals against the Heat. It would have been great if he could have won that championship. But, you know, D-Wade yeah. and Shaq had, yeah. to, had to stop that. But yeah, just reading about that got me kind of a little like reminiscing the '90s. So I remember having a bunch of his basketball cards. Who did you want to pick? Who was the one that you're, right. that you're upset? So that you yeah, we don't have we don't have coaches here. So here are some here are some that I have. I'll go first, and then you guys tell me yours, okay? So the first one that I had on the top tier that we miss, Jermaine O'Neal. Anyone have him? I had him. Okay, so Jermaine O'Neal no, didn't have Jermaine him. Jermaine O'Neal, six-time All-Star, three-time All-NBA, most improved. Okay, here's the one that I thought, Taylor, you were going to get. Ron Artest. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I you did know, not have him. Did he have enough teams? You guys didn't have ch- Ron? You know, I didn't know if he had enough teams. Dude, I had I enough teams. You guys were going to take Ron. He had enough. How many teams did he play for? I didn't think here, he had enough go. teams. Chicago, Indiana, Sacramento, Houston, Lakers, and here's probably one you guys missed, the Knicks, Knicks and then the oh, Lakers again. Yeah. Dang it. He was I, – I wrote his name down. You know, maybe he would have been a little bit stronger than Howard. Did you Howard. have him, though? No, I didn't have him on my list. I, I thought I, – Arisa was borderline, although, you know, Arisa's not as good as – But I feel like Arisa, that's test. a journey. That's a journeyman, you know? Like, yeah. when I think of Arisa, like, there's guys I, I wanted. I was like, these are journeymen. I wanted to draft, I wanted to draft Kyle Corbett, you know? Like, just even, the stats aren't great, but just, just having that kind of guy who shoots, like – Test almost fifty percent from yeah. Three Ron Artest. I wanted to take Ron Artest, but just the way my picks went, I was really bummed about him. that. And I'm like, dang, I don't think they they took you him. You should have picked him, Danny. Although Stackhouse is a good pick too. No, I should have picked Artest. I mean, he's a or he's still a shooting forward though. He's, he wasn't going to be a two. I could have played him with T Mac. I could have played everyone together. Yeah, but I mean, we talked about this in our yeah. Pacer podcast. Hey, I, did, I didn't like, have to that get one Tom season. <laughs> that one season, you know, that one season where he was an All Star Defensive Player of the Year, All Defensive Team, third time All NBA. Right, he was like in MVP discussions early on that season. He was that you talked <laughs> yeah. about that, dude. His his points, like even his career stats: thirteen point two points per game, four point five rebounds, two point seven assists, one point seven steals. Like not bad for Ron Artest. No, so that was another play. one. Another one that I had: Kenny Anderson was a good I, one there. Uh, another point guard, and then uh, Mark Jackson, obviously another point guard there. Lou Williams, we talked about another one, Taylor, that I thought you were going to take maybe. Because you're big on him, Stephen Jackson. 
No, no, no. No, you picked Stephen Jackson. Was it Spurs? The Spurs one? <laughs> oh, that was Jose. Was Daniel, that you, Jose? I, did, I didn't pick Stephen Jackson in Spurs. I picked him in the Warriors draft. Oh, okay, okay. We, and we made fun of him. We were yeah, making yeah, fun we of him. Yeah, no, like, but, I'm not a big dude, I like him. I, trust me, I like him. But I, I looked at Steven Jackson's stats today, and they were really good. I, I'll be honest. I want to pick him with some of his recent comments that were stupid. But yeah, when you looked at his career stats, like, they are, they're actually pretty solid. I didn't even know Steven Jackson had that good of stats. So, yeah, Lou the, Williams was the other the, one. The guy, the guy that, I, that I think from the guard standpoint I really wanted was Sean Livingston. I think mm. he was a good journeyman, especially, you know, with the injuries and then bouncing back and what he did with the Warriors. I really liked him. And then um, I wanted like a guy who had been like, a, like 10 plus teams. I thought about Jim Jackson. Um, he was on some of my list. And then the only other guy, oh, Nate Robinson. I was yeah. thinking about Nate Robinson too. I like him. Just gonna yeah. get some more Matt Barnes guys. was another one I had. Jose, who I shot, did you have? Yeah, well, you shot. You mentioned Jim Jim Jackson. Shout out to Jim Jackson, Joe Smith, Tony Massenburg, and Chucky Brown. They played for they're the, they played for twelve teams. They're the oh most my goodness. <laughs> um, but yeah, as far as like guys who had maybe like the best season uh, out of all these guys, Isaiah Thomas has mm. has like his from the guard, right? You're talking yeah. about the guard, yeah. Guards, like I wanted to draft Jeremy Lin somehow, but uh, Jeremy Lin, yeah, he's on Jeremy my list. Lin. He's um, on the list. I like him. I, I also had. Um, for, for shooting guards, there's guys like Doug Christie, Larry Hughes, but I didn't think they were going to make uh, ours. But there, I put him up here. I, I mentioned Kyle Korver earlier, um, Tyson Chandler. Current players were like Jay Crowder, Marcus Morris, Jeff Dudley, Jeff Green, but they weren't going to make this list. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was surprised. It was actually a, a pretty good list, and even oh, then, right? We, oh, we didn't and, figure uh, out anybody. And uh, Rod Strickland was on the list, too. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I was surprised. There was a lot of good guys and guys that we maybe didn't even have on our list because there's there's a significant, you know, we can go kind of everywhere. There's not like a a set list, you know, that that are kind of uniform. I think even if you Googled it, like the lists were kind of everywhere. So, yeah, this was good. But let's let's recap our teams. And Taylor, you can tell me your fit first. You have Shaquille O'Neal, Vince Carter, Tracy McGrady, Juwan Howard and Jamal Crawford. How does your team? Yeah, I wish I could have had. Ron Artest. I could have taken like Rashid Wallace and I could have taken him with Vince Carter and then taken like T-Mag and stuff later. That would have been fun. Um, so obviously my guards are Crawford and Carter and then T-Mag and Howard at the forward and then Shaq's my center. You know, we just got, I mean, we got some scoring. T-Mag might even be the one that brings the ball up for the most part. Got some handles, got some low post presence. Joan Howard, he could do a, a little bit of anything there. It's just he's a solid team. I think you know. I don't hate him. I don't love it. So yeah, I, I like I like the team. I think uh, from a name cachet, I think you you got it again this draft. I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I think it's fine. Like I don't I don't think it's. I really bad. wanted Jamal Crawford on my team. I really wanted Jamal Crawford. And you need a point, it, and, it, and he can actually run the point. So that's that's it, a good one. It's understandable. I'm glad you're able to pair Vince Carter and T Mac again because that never should have ended. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, Jose, you have Moses Malone, Chauncey Billups, Rashid Wallace, Joe Johnson, Karam Butler. Yeah, I think my team makes sense as far as basketball play. Chauncey at the point, Joe Johnson to two, Karan, Rashid, and and Moses Malone. You have um, Moses Malone getting all the rebounds and Rashid kind of stretching the floor. So you're, just, you're just building the 2004 Detroit Pistons with, a little <laughs> yeah. bit of with Moses here. Malone instead of, uh, <laughs> instead of Ben Wallace. Wallace you know, yeah. And get some scoring with Joe Johnson. Um, 
Yeah, he's your Rip Hamilton. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's good. <laughs> there it's good. Yeah, it's a good lineup. Like I said, I was I was low key jealous. I, I wanted to take one of the Pistons, and, and you took both. So I'm yeah, I mean, if I knew that Ron Artest was there, I probably I know might have changed. Maybe not have gone Crom Butler. When, when I realized you guys didn't have him, I was like, dang it! Like maybe I could have waited for <laughs> Dwight. Like ah, oh, I was so bummed. But it just wouldn't have made sense with my team. Uh, but do, my do you, wait, Danny, do you feel like? Well, maybe I'll ask you this later. I'll ask you now, but. Like, did you feel like you had to take Dwight because he's there? But would you rather have had someone else, like, that filled the team better for you? Well, because I, I was sort of guessing what direction you all would go at the time. So I think I wanted someone like like Dwight, just the accolades they had. And, and so when I looked at Bob McAdoo being able to play the power forward, I was like, there are different centers here. I don't know where these guys are going with their next pick. So Dwight seems reasonable here to take. I don't know. I, I just think to me it was the right time to do it, but I probably, I think I mistimed how you, the directions you were going to go in um, on my end. Cause then, yeah, I, I like the picks that you guys made after, but like someone like Sam Cassell, I, I felt like I had to draft him at that point. Cause yeah, I, there's yeah, just definitely. not a lot of point guards. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think it was just more of how it, it started and it sort of went. I honestly wasn't intending considering not taking Adrian Dantley at two. I think that's where maybe my thing switched, but I mean, I, I just, I wasn't okay giving up a hall of famer. I was actually yeah. thinking about Chauncey, but I'm like, man, he's a hall of famer. I think it, it wouldn't be cool if I just left him on the board here. Yeah. So I kind of was the same thing for Dwight. Um, so Bob McAdoo for me, Adrian Dantley, Dwight Howard, Sam Cassell, Jerry Stackhouse, Sam Cassell is going to be my point. Jerry Stackhouse is my two. Adrian Dantley is my three. Bob McAdoo is my four and Dwight is my five. So big, long team you're going to have here. So. I like the way it turned out. It panned out, but yeah. I, I wonder if we uh, add up all their teams if we get all 30 teams somehow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's true. We should have done that. We should have said you have to make sure the person played, everyone has played for one team. <laughs> we probably definitely get all 30 teams, but it, it would be fun You've to see. seen all of our picks? Yeah. See if my top five has all the teams. Probably even, the, even the new teams, right? I mean, I see the Grizzlies there. Oh, anyone play for the Bobcats? We did, right? Jamal, Juwan Howard did, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, how was the exercise for you all? Any last thoughts on this? Uh, it was a lot more uh, uh, research. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm th- I sent you guys a link this week. But I was like, I'm thankful I saw that link that said that, that showed everyone most players for franchises. If, that, if I didn't have that, it would have taken a lot longer, you know? Yeah. So, and we, and then with it, you just miss some people. Right? I, we miss Tracy McGrady. We miss Ron Artest. I miss Ron Artest. So like, it was fun though. Really fun. I can't wait for us to do the opposite one day and do a, the loyalty draft and <laughs> players who just play for one yeah. team. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. It was fun. Yeah, I mean, I think it's crazy to think how many teams some players played for, how many were close, and just sometimes how individuals, they just they don't stick around with one team like you'd think they would. So especially some of these dominant players like Moses Malone, Shaq, and some of these other guys, it's interesting to see how many teams they've actually played for. Yeah, I think what stuck out to me is just the, the, the diversity in the way we drafted this, I think, was pretty cool. So, you know, you had guys like Shaq who were just always good and then towards the end of the career kind of became the journeyman. Or we or some guys were journeyman their whole career. Or like we talked about Chauncey, journeyman, like MVP caliber, journeyman again. So just like their journeys and how they sort of become that is really interesting. But what I liked is just the span of kind of NBA years you were able to cover. So... You know, it made me think about the 70s, 80s, and 90s now. So that was pretty cool when you had, like, guys like Vince Carter, you know, spanning four decades of basketball. 
and who was around and how guys would fit with each other. So I, I really like this. Um, and, and it's not focusing so much like on, on big name players necessarily, uh, but just, uh, you know, having that guideline of, of who these guys were as a journeyman and playing for these many teams, you're also looking at through the lens of like, when they played in this career with this team, how good were they? When they played in this career with this team, how good were they? So when you did the research, you actually had to look at their entirety mm-hmm. of their career and their like kind of arc. So I thought that was pretty cool with this where we usually don't do that for teams. We kind of just go straight to the franchise that they played, you know? So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. It was great. Well, we, again, shout out to, to Michael, uh, my brother, for, for giving us this idea. If any of you all have ideas like this, please let us know. We'll give you a shout out here, too. Uh, if we do your idea, we really appreciate any ideas that we can get in terms of what to draft. Please feel free to send us any feedback, questions, comments, suggestions to with the first pick podcast at gmail.com. And we'd also would love for you to leave us a review on iTunes if you're able to. We're also on Instagram. You can follow us there. Uh, you can, you know, pick teams with us, comment on some of the things we have there. Um, you can find us on Instagram at with the first pick podcast. We appreciate you all taking time to listen and we will see you next time.